This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Uh, welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that is glad the international break is nearly over. Uh, Chelsea have had at least 14 of the first team squad on international duty over the last week, but they've been more representing England than any other country, which, if you're English, is undoubtedly something to be proud about. Uh, the fact that both Tammy Abraham and Mason Mount notched up their first England goals adds to the pride, but frankly, all we really care about is whether or not they come back injury-free, and with games involving Denmark, Italy and Spain tonight and Belgium tomorrow, we're not out of the woods yet. Fingers crossed that they play well and come back uninjured. All the more important as we face arguably our biggest Premier League test so far this season with a trip to Man City this weekend. Who of us would have thought that we go into that match third, one point above City in fourth? Uh, now, while Chelsea's young Lions were impressing for England, some lion-hearted Chelsea supporters, myself included, took one for the team and slept on the cold, hard floor of the East Stand on Saturday night in the big Stamford Bridge sleepout. We all survived, but more important, we raised over £20,000 in aid of the two homeless charities we supported, which is brilliant. Well done, everybody. Chelsea Lions. Isn't it up to 25,000? Yeah, earlier. it is now. It is. I, I believe it is, yeah, according to Cliff, which is great. Anyway, Chelsea Lions, every one of them. And the Chelsea Fancast number 481 is tonight in honour of our England Chelsea Lions and the Lions with whom I slept on Saturday night. Chelsea Lions. Now, you've already heard from Mr Clayton Beerman, so I shall introduce you first. Hello, Clayton. Hello. And how are you, dear boy? I'm very well, thank you. Thank Excellent. you for having me on. Oh, well, um, mate, it's always a delight having you on. We, we love you. I think Jonathan thank and I you. voted, uh, don't tell anybody else, but Jonathan and I voted secretly the other week that you are our favourite Chelsea fancaster. Isn't that right, JK? <laughs> <laughs> 
No, no sorry. That, that was in a poll of one. No, no, nobody's listening. It's all right. Don't worry. No, no. We, we... Never to tell anybody. And now everybody knows. Oh. Everybody knows. No, no, no. no it's, it's all true. It's great. Uh, good to uh, catch up and uh, looking forward to discussing the Lions. Indeed. Well, that's lovely to hear your dulce tones, as it always is. And, of course, you heard somebody guffawing in the background that could only be Mr. Jonathan Kidd. <laughs> How are you, dear boy? I'm very good. Congratulations, Chich. Well, I know. Wow. Well, I tell, I shall bore everybody with it all later. We're going to talk about it later, but so I'll, I'll yeah. keep shtum yeah, until well then. Done. But well um, stuff. yes, yeah. I, I mean the, the the headlines. The headlines. The early tease is that I am very much alive, and I neither have hypothermia, double pneumonia, or piles. So all good so far. Right, on with the show, which tonight uh, we're going to round up the best of uh, the Chelsea player international performances and ask how important is it that Chelsea's international players actually do well for their national teams? Do we really care? Uh, In part two, we round up the latest Chelsea news this week. Believe it or not, there has been some. Uh, We will divulge more of Ron's rumours because uh, by the secret medium, the not-so-secret medium of Twitter, I have discovered (coughs) that Ron's rumours is in fact a thing. So there we go. We will prove it tonight. Uh, although I suspect that the certain man who reveals Ron's rumours hasn't actually seen Ron since last week. So I'll be very interested to know if he's got any more new Ron's rumours. But more of that in a minute. Uh, anyway, apart from that, we're going to debate who are... Gr- yeah, this came about, actually, uh, in my pre uh, Stamford Bridge sleep-out uh, pint of Guinness or three with a couple of mates I was in the pub with, Neil Beard and Andy, uh, Andy Willis. And uh, Neil said, who's your greatest Chelsea player, your favourite Chelsea player and your best Chelsea player? So I thought we could have a bit of that because that's fun and there's bugger all else to talk about. Uh, and we'll also have the usual parish notices and a teaser. Well, I, we, no, we won't have a teaser because I didn't have time to... We might. Actually, we know we will have a teaser for the che- No, we won't. No, I've decided. I'm, I'm going to have to cut this out because I clearly have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, but the bottom line is, is that we do have another Chelsea special interview coming this week. And I can tell you exclusively that it will be Colin Pates. So make sure you get your lug holes around that. More of that later. And in part three, uh, we're going to read out a few, not many emails this week. Uh, obviously, you all presume that we wouldn't give a shit and not do a show because it was international break. Wrong. Um, but uh, before we read the wonderful emails that we did get in this week, uh, we do have a competition from the lovely people at the Art of Football who are on Twitter at Art uh, underscore of underscore football, I think, but I'll check later. Uh, but anyway, we, we've got a competition for you to win a Frank Lampard T-shirt. It's a thing of beauty. I commend it to you and I shall give you details before we read the emails about how you can win that. And finally, in part four, uh, we have an interview uh, to play you. Uh, It's this lovely guy called Jamie, who's the founder of Who Knows Wins, who you should know by now are the people that we're uh, helping to promote every week with a a match predictions league. Uh, Anyway, I had a chat with him earlier today, and he was telling me all about how it all came about and what they've got planned. So there's that. And... uh, of course, I shall have a recap on how the league is looking this week. Uh, it's not finished yet because it covers the internationals for uh, tomorrow and tonight. And then finally, 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 do not go anywhere because probably the most interesting and important bit of the show is the uh, the look ahead to next weekend's match against Man City. Your old Uncle Chidge has done some homework. I have dug out some stats which will be incredibly incredibly revealing and delightful so don't go anywhere right now uh, of course as you should all know by now you can uh, listen to this show live every monday at 7 p.m by going to mixler which of course is mixlr.com forward slash chelsea have fancast where of course you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page uh, you can also tweet 
uh, at Chelsea Fancast during the show to tell us what you think about the games and anything else on Chelsea. And uh, again, you know, we've caught them by surprise, less people than usual, but honourable mentions immediately go out to Andrew Self, Bob Uzre, Chris M23, Billy Shears Blue, Happy Lovely Nigel, Happy Bird, Kurt, English Dan 7, Planet Earth is Blue, Bar Ryan James, Sarry Ball Blue, uh, Adam Finnegan, Yaroslav Blue, Diamond Jim, AJ7, Monyaki, Matthew D, and plenty more besides. So there we go. Uh, after this very short break, we will be back to talk about the football. Right, okay, so uh, international break. Uh, it seems to have gone on forever. I don't know why, but it just feels like that. But, uh, you know, I I don't know. Maybe it's helped by the fact that England are doing well. Maybe it's helped by the fact... I mean, this is the thing. When I, but Before I did the running order for Friday's Love Sports show, I kind of listed down all of the Chelsea players and who they were playing for to try and give uh, Jonathan and... Um, who else was on with you on Friday? Alex. Alex, yeah. So I try and give you something to talk about. And I'm just astonished by the fact that we have more uh, England representatives from Chelsea's ranks than any other country, which is, is something to be proud of. And, of course, last week Tammy Abraham scored a fantastic goal, which I absolutely loved. And then uh, last night Mason Mount uh, scored, a, 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 I thought, a pretty good goal, actually. In, in It was bizarre. I was actually on air on Love Sport at the time while the match was going on, and I, I was thinking... England are playing like shit, and yet they're winning 4-0. How on earth does that work? It's very bizarre. So, um, I think, oh yeah, the other thing we should really mention about, let's just do the England bit first. You know, Ficayo, uh, easy for me to say, Ficayo tomorrow got a debut, which means he, he can't play for Canada anymore, which is all good. And uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi um, got kind of pulled off, didn't he, really? And was a bit below par. So, I think the first question, really... Um, how did Mount do in your eyes, Clayton? Because I thought he did all right. Well, do you know, I, <clears throat> I've been looking forward to saying this. You know, when you say, when you have Joe Tweet on and there's been some tactical something or other and you think, it's so apt I've got him on this week. Or you have a fantastic press conference and you've got Liam on and you go, oh, it's brilliant. It's so apt that I've got Well, I am the complete opposite because... I didn't see a minute. Didn't you? All oh, right, I did okay. not see a minute of the international football. Didn't you? I have, however, done a massive amount of research okay. and I've looked at uh, Mason's goal. Well, Should I do a quiz with you? Should I do a, who did England play? No. No. Okay. Uh... So I'm absolutely <laughs> useless, and I'll go. No. I, I, the, the, the point. The point is that it is fantastic for us as a club. Yeah. It's fantastic because it boosts. The players, they continue to play. They're not sitting around doing nothing. And I, I think it's fantastic. And the fact that both of them scored, I, I just think it's wonderful. I'm so pleased for both of them. I mean, I thought Tammy took his goal brilliantly. Yeah, didn't he, Just? Um, and Mason is just a great player. He's just going from strength to strength. I mean, 
you know, I, I, you guys should talk because you watched it more. All than right. I well, I, yeah, I kind of watched it while I was trying to do a bloody radio show. It's not easy, I can tell you, because we don't have the sound on either, so it's kind of really odd. I think the question, really, Jonathan, like I alluded to in the build-up, really, is um, at the end of the day, you know, is it important that the players, that our players, do well in international teams, or? Or do you know? Does it? I mean, is it just irrelevant? You know, is it? Is it just about how they play for Chelsea? I mean, obviously, we we don't. I get really pissed off when they get injured playing for for their national teams, and it's really interesting. Actually, I started a debate which we couldn't find an answer to with uh, with uh, Miles on my show yesterday, and it was. I, I just have this hunch that players get injured on international duty disproportionately, you know, like career-ending injuries. And the only two I could think of, of course, I had to go back a long way, Steve Koppel when he was playing for United and Colin Bell when he was playing for Man City. Both suffered career-ending injuries playing for for England. But I don't know why I've got that hunch, but I just do. So I can get a bit down on it, but should I? Is it important they play well for England? Or any any of their foreign countries, to be honest? Well, I think, particularly with England, the two opponents were... um, Montenegro were terrible, beyond belief. Um... So it was like a sort of romp in the park. And yet Tammy scored, as you said, Clayton, he scored a great goal. Good goal. Um, and what I loved was um, I actually felt quite emotional about it because um, um, he, he, he he took it so brilliantly. And it's the kind of thing that we've been lacking over the last few years, which is a centre forward actually anticipating and making a run to the near post. I was thinking I could never imagine Higuain doing that. He just waited looking at his boots and getting annoyed the ball hadn't been delivered on a plate to him. And uh, the same with Morata. Morata would have fallen over. But um, uh, I thought it was great. And you're right, it was Montenegro. Opportunity for him to... He scored a a goal uh, and it's good to have started off. Mount is a different deal at the moment just because, as you say, he's... He's, that was a di- difficult side to play against and they weren't playing very well. And when he came on, he made a big difference. Mm. And I think they were 4-0 up but, uh, because they started playing really well in the last 10 minutes. It wasn't... It, they, they suddenly became... They were suddenly all over them and they were actually... They'd been playing pretty well. And I think it... It gave a it, it gave put a question mark on several of the England players who I just think he's giving goes to who aren't quite good enough at the moment. I don't think that Mings is good enough. Well, I Jonathan, think... I, I said on the show yeah. yesterday, Mings was minging. He was indeed. Well said. Well Thank said. Thank you. But um, it got tumbleweed tomorrow... on the show. <laughs> Miles was not impressed with my humour. I, mean, I think uh, if you look at what Southgate was up to, he gave a doy a go, and perhaps it was the wrong team to have a go against because they did quite well against um, the Czech Republic the other day so they're bound to be okay they're not bad I mean we only beat the 5-3 didn't we earlier on and it was that mental match at Southampton remember absolutely absolutely so they're all right they're all right at stringing passes together but I felt that we have moments it's very like Chelsea actually I think they play he's trying to play in a similar style they have moments where um, England have moments where they're completely in control and particularly if it runs through Sterling who's um, uh, who is it? Let's let's have no doubt about this. Completely terrific player, and it's just come on leaps and bounds. And um, uh, it's just a question of getting the right combination. I thought he had a very good combination towards the end because um, uh, Kane scored a fabulous goal, and is is clearly is a terrific player. He's got to do it. I mean, that was a better team to do it against. So I was pleased for him. He looked he looked excellent. Um, and uh, Rashford is on fire at the moment. And uh, Rashford proved that by scoring an absolutely fantastic goal into the corner. So they were they were all over them, and they were they'd been playing pretty well up until then. So I think that was a fair reflection of the team that he got assembled by the end of the game. But 
at the beginning of the game, it was all a bit, let's give somebody a go. And I put poor, poor old, um, I have to say, I, don't, I think, I think um, uh, social media and, and the, the media generally had a go at a doy completely. Out oh, of yeah. I mean, God, Roy Keane and uh, yeah. Dixon eviscerated him, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, and I thought, in fact, that run across um, the box that he made was pretty good. Yeah. And I thought he had a, and he had a smack at goal in the la- in um, yeah. that wasn't far off. No. And I think he was, you know, it's okay. He was having a go. He's not been great for us when he's come on as a sub. He's been pretty good. And at the moment, in the pecking order with Chelsea, he comes on as a sub for me because Pulisic is getting better and better. Well, but I think this is this is good and all good for the club. To answer your question, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it. I think. The games, if we're going to be interested in them, uh, and I think we need to be because all these the players who are playing for England at the moment are playing uh, are looking really good. I mean, the very fact that Gallagher um, scored is clearly a prospect, and it makes me think that they will start clearing people out. We'll get onto this with good old Ron, but later on, <laughs> I think they'll start. I think they'll start. Have you have you woken him up yet? Yeah, you made him some cocoa. He's curled up at my feet. Is, is, he, is he is he snuggling around a Millwall brick? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no he's doubt. But you know, you know, you're basically talking about players who aren't quite there, like Mings and what have you. But you know, you got to admire Southgate because he's yeah. bringing these players in to have a look yeah. at them, and if they're well, not good enough, I, they won't I think that's what I said. Yeah, and I think yeah. that you know, if Callum's not. 100% there then he won't go to the Euros and it won't be the end of the world he'll be upset etc um, but the point is that he, he is blooding him and that can only be good for us as a club and yeah because they're all improving I agree Clayton they're all then improving as players as well but also from a, a PR point of view it's magnificent for the club I even think William playing for Brazil I know they lost was magnificent because you know he, he's being appreciated for having improved an enormous amount you know, and I think the fact that Kepa was an unused sub for Spain speaks volumes for the way it's going at the moment. You know, well, I think I think you know exactly that. I think it's it's very easy for for us. I mean, I, well, it's not easy for us at all actually because we're all of a certain age. I mean, I grew up, uh, you know, as a kid, thinking England was really really important, possibly because Chelsea never looked like they could ever win anything. Not not that England did either, but I don't know. It just seemed to be really important when I was a kid and then I, then you get a bit down on it and then Chelsea, the Premier League behemoth kind of takes over. But my my heart fills with pride when, when I see a lot of uh, Chelsea lads playing for England. It, it really does. And, well, and, I, I filled up when Abraham scored. Yeah, exactly. Thought, you know, also the effort and the improvement that he's made. Is absolutely fantastic. And, yeah, uh, and I, but Jonathan, equally, I, I, I take huge delight in that we've got a player in William that plays for Brazil. I mean, you know, that's just yeah, outrageous. Yeah. So I yeah, think, I, I mean, on, on balance, I think it's good. I mean, just just, just focus on, on Hudson Odoi a minute because, uh, you know, he did get a, a really hard time from the media uh, about, I mean, you know, I don't think it was a brilliant performance by any stretch of the imagination, but. I, I do, I think, I think he's lacking a bit of confidence at the moment, Clayton, and I, and I wonder if. He's trying to ease himself back in after that injury. You know, you know when you've had a. I mean, the trouble with a, a, the injury that he had is, you know, if you remember, nobody was near him when it happened. It just popped, and yeah. you know, if you get clattered by somebody and they break your leg, you know that really there's nothing you could have done. And 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 basically, if they hadn't have clattered you, you wouldn't have broken your leg. But when you do your Achilles. It does. I've heard this that it can leave a massive doubt in your mind. Will it go again? You know, because you don't know how it happened. And I wonder if it's playing on his mind a bit. Yeah, I suspect it is, and I suspect there's, you know, 
he, there was this whole big thing about him um, signing and all the sort of the the sort of the the love that he got when he signed, and then he started the season and Pulisic wasn't anywhere, and then all of a sudden Pulisic is the main man, and it. it, it I think mentally it's going to have a little bit of well, an effect young, on mate. him. But that's a yeah, he's 18. I, I mean, everybody seems to be forgetting this and you know the the, the fact is that Jordan Sancho um from what I read didn't have a particularly great game um uh the against Montenegro. Mm. And he didn't seem to come under the same sort of scrutiny as Callum did. But, I, you know, we can be defensive because he's our player. Uh, you know, if you're being objective, if you didn't play well, he didn't play well. I mean, it, you know, it's not it's not the end of the earth. Uh, and to be honest with you, um, we don't want him playing too many minutes because we don't have, have any lapses in, in, in terms of injury. Well, so I'm not that concerned, to be perfectly honest. And, and it may be that this is a t- t- tournament too soon for him. Well, and yeah. if it is, then, then so be it. And just... Can I just defend the indefensible when yes. you said about Kepper or yeah. Jonathan said about Kepper or you said <laughs> speaks volumes? I, I suspect that Kepper let their number two goalkeeper uh, play because they'd already qualified. But I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to get involved in any spats. Lovely, nice one, Clayton. Um, I just before we get onto our, our other uh, you know combatants uh, for their other national teams. I mean, Jonathan mentioned Connor, Connor, uh, Connor Gallup. Gallagher scoring, and uh, in that under-21 match, we also had uh, Mark Gahey and uh, Rhys James playing as well. I think uh, Jody Morris tweet, I couldn't find it when I needed to find it, of course, but I did remember seeing it earlier today, but uh, Jody Morris tweeted out that something like, I don't know, was it nine... Uh, do, nine do you want the Yeah, do you, want do you, do you have it? Yeah. I know exactly what it was. It is nine out yeah. of the last 21 England debutants um, were at Cobham, from the ages uh, between six and nine. And that's full internationals, right? That is full internationals. Nine of the last 21. Nine of the last 21. I mean, wow. how unbelievable well, is it that? Is. It is. And I mean, the club should be so proud. You know, I mean, it's always been a thing that we wanted all these youngsters to come through. We know that. But none of us could, none of us could have actually dreamt as to what's happened. And... Is somebody going to tell me the nine? Well, okay, let's work it out. Okay, Tamori, Mason Mount, Hudson Adoy, Abraham, Declan Rice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now I'm struggling, really. Who's come through recently or, or, or more recently than that? No, I'm done with that five. Who are the other four? Jonathan? I don't know. <laughs> well, that's rubbish. Okay, so so basically, um, I've now completely lost um, the link to the story, but I can tell you that one of them is Jack Cork. Ooh, blimey! That'd have been a that's a real good pop quiz one. That one, I'd never have got that. Yeah, we've you've forgotten Ruben Loftus Cheek. Oh, Loftus Cheek. Uh, Ross Barkley doesn't count because he was at Everton. So yeah, yeah. Loftus Cheek. Yeah, that's uh, so. A bit how of a... many have you got now? That's seven. Okay. So I have now got the full list. If my computer gets asked, very good. Gear. It's a shame you took that thing off the screen. We could have already. So tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! But now I'm looking at more interesting stuff now. No, yeah. okay. So you got Tamori Mount, Abraham Hudson, Adoy, Declan Rice, Jack Cork, Ruben Loftus Cheek, 
Dominic Solanke. Oh, no, really? Blimey. And Nathaniel Chaloba. Chaloba, God. They all got full caps. They all got full caps. Good grief. So that is nine out of the last 21 England debutants. Yeah. Very impressive. Very impressive. All right, quick roundup of the others, uh, just to let you know. Because, of course, I mean, it's some really interesting interesting comments by our, our peeps in uh, in Mixler as well, by the way, that I should read out. Uh, Steve Mower, who's on fire tonight. International football is crap boring and should be banned. Uh, and uh, he then he then followed. He says something even funnier a minute later, which I've got to try and find, but I can't. Sorry, Steve. I'll see if I can dig it out later. Kurt says something very, uh, I think, pertinent in regard to uh, Hudson Odoi. He says he needs minutes to get back in form. If they if they come playing for England, that's fine. Uh, Hudson Odoi coming back from a major injury, careers are ended with a ruptured Achilles, which kind of validates what I said. Um, so there you go. Anyway, yeah, you're all, you're all on fire. You've got some lovely, lovely stuff in the old Mixler. There we go. All right, okay. So the others, the others. Uh, so far, so good, I think. Christensen came on as a late sub for Denmark at the weekend. Uh, Jorginho and Emerson played 90 minutes for Italy. Um, Kepa uh, was an unused sub for Spain, as JK said. William played in Brazil's 1-0 defeat to Argentina. Uh, Oli Giroud, he started for France, scored a penalty for them. But the good news is that Kante uh, was an unused sub. So, uh, you know, he got more of a rest because it was a bit of a hoo-ha uh, between the club and Deschamps about that, as was Zuma. And Kovacic came on for 15 minutes for Croatia. So, thus far, fingers crossed, no injuries. Um, and also not too uh, many minutes in the legs either this weekend. So that's good. But there are matches tonight, as we know. So uh, just trying to think. Denmark, they're playing. So Christensen might get a game. Italy are playing. I don't think France are. Spain are playing. So here we go. So keep abreast of that. Right, uh, we're going to move on. We've got other stuff to talk about in part two, of course. Uh, we're going to round up the latest Chelsea news. Some kind of bizarre stories that I, I picked up on this week. Uh, we will be divulging more of Ron's rumours, which uh, I, after Jonathan aired it last week, uh, suddenly it's become a Twitter phenomenon, Clayton. You know, hashtag Ron's rumours has become a thing. So we'll have a bit of that. And... Uh, uh, plus all the usual parish notices and a plug for the old Chelsea special. We won't be long. See you in a minute. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com Welcome back, I'm Stanford Chidge and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast of course and uh, if you haven't already go and check out our lovely website it's very shiny and nice and it's the Chelsea Fancast or just at well, it's not even at. It's ChelseaFanCast.com. It's that simple. Right, I kind of talked about a few about the news. I wanted to avoid, you know, what I would call errant nonsense. So, for example... What, you mean like Ron's rumours? No, no, that's different. That's that's <laughs> that's comedic nonsense. Oh, that's oh, comedic that's, nonsense. That's completely, yeah. You've met yeah. Ron Clayton. You, you, you know, you've met the great man. Have I? You have. What, Jonathan? No, not Jonathan. It's not Jonathan. This is a real person. Anyway, later. Um, I, for example, I ignored the uh, news piece about Zola talking on Soccer AM because I just thought, 
you know what? It's just a load of bollocks and I don't really care. Um, but I did I did pick up on a couple of really nice quotes that made me feel warm and fuzzy, which I shall talk about. Um, Hazard was interviewed uh, and he said some really nice things about Frank Lampard. He says, I wasn't surprised about Frank Lampard, Hazard said, whilst on international duty with Belgium. I know Frank is a player, not a manager, but he's a great guy. He's uh, shown already in four months that he can be one of the best managers in the world. The good thing is they're playing with young English players. They're lucky to have young players of quality. Maybe with two or three more, they would be first in the Premier League. When I saw them play, it was nice to see them all play together. I still have friends there and I want them to do well. I don't know why, Clayton. That just made me feel all warm and fuzzy to hear Eden Hazard being lovely about Chelsea and the players and Frank. Well, there's no reason why I shouldn't. I mean, he's, he, I mean, when he left and when he joined them, in, in his press conference, he actually name-checked us and, and said lovely things about us. I just think he's a really nice guy, to be perfectly honest. And and I think that he was here for, what, six, seven seasons? He's got to have a, a, a huge affection for the club. And but, but even so, that doesn't necessarily mean he has to say nice things. But I, I just think he's, an, I, I, you know, every everything you ever see, he just looks like a, a decent guy. And, and, and it's good of him to say so. Um, if he could just keep the other one keep his trap shut um we'd be we'd be on a winner wouldn't we well i just i just you know it's lovely sorry jonathan go on sorry mate go on he might want to come back he might want to keep his options open he might want to come back now he's having a torrid time out there isn't he yeah you are well having wanted to play for zidane i don't think he gets on with him interesting Interesting. I, I, there's some really awful talking of. Uh, uh, maybe we'll get onto that in Ron's rumours. Actually, I shall keep stum. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. Actually, I, I also read something really funny about uh, John Obi McKell uh, wrote that Hazard was the was the worst trainer and the laziest trainer he'd ever seen. Uh, and yet, of course, he was brilliant on the pitch, you know. And I, and I don't know why, Clayton. That kind of reminded me of a lot of my favourite players from the old days, who who would, you know, basically spend most of their time in the week getting shit faced, turn up half pissed, and still be brilliant on the match day. Which, let's be honest, is what it's all about. Um, go on. You, no, you're, you're... Just, uh, my my late father used to say about Osgood. He said he don't do anything. All he all he ever does is score. Oh dearie me. How fun. Do you know what? Funny enough, because I was cutting a little kind of uh, uh, like a promo of the Ron Harris uh, edition of the Chelsea special. And so I had to listen to it again. And I was listening to him talking about Peter Osgood. And, and he, he, he says in that interview, he said he was the best player he ever played with. He said he was just absolutely brilliant, but lazy, but brilliant. You know, exactly that. So there you go. Um, the other thing that caught my eye, which also made me feel quite warm and fuzzy, uh, was, was Batshuayi's quote. Uh, so um, obviously the, there wasn't a different. It was a different reporter, but anyway, he, he said he said this. He said, "I've never been a full fledged starter, but Chelsea is my club. That's where I feel at home. Uh, it's a club I love deeply." Jonathan, um, I, I'm very pleased to hear that. I think Batshuayi uh, has a role to play for us. I really, really do, and I love the man's attitude. And be, I mean, if you compare him to the the strops that Higuain and Morata had when they were with us, I mean, you just want that attitude, don't you? Completely, he's it's it's so refreshing. Um, we haven't heard from Giroud, you may notice, but um, I think that's mainly because he's going to be leaving in January. But um, we'll find out about that later. But um, but but you know, I'm 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 very admiring of the fact that he's made such progress as well playing for the team. I keep going on about it, but the, the second goal that we scored against Palace the other day was down to him receiving the ball in the penalty area, turning on a sixpence, having another shot that got blocked, ball up in the air, P- 
Pulisic scores with a header. You know, it's mm-hmm. it, he's he's makes things happen, and this is such such an improvement from the uh, the slightly um, how can I put it uh, off the pace centre forward we had when Fabregas um, that terrible moment where Fabregas looked up to play one of his his fantastic um, hail mary balls down the pitch and. Uh, to discover that the centre forward who's supposed to be there was actually standing next to him, <laughs> brilliant, and just passed that. the ball, passed the ball back to the goalkeeper and gave up, you know. And Jonathan. I think that was a moment. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Clayton. Yeah. No, sorry. no, no. Do you, do you think anybody under the age of thirty listening to this fan cast knows what a sixpence is? Mm, That's not good not question. A criticism. I'm, no. I, I genuinely don't know. If a thruppany bit. A six. Well, I know what Thrupney bit is. It's rhyming slang. No, but I i mean, <laughs> the, th- the thing is, there must be, it's its probably like one of those little batteries. We'll have to, I mean, you can't really, it doesn't really roll off the tongue, does it? What are those little batteries that people use now that aren't, you know, the little silver ones? Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sixpence. Yeah, yeah, it's very true. It's a good point. All right. Anyway, I just kind of like, I just kind of like those two little news stories. Can I put a dampener on this? Yes, of course you can. I don't mean to, and I no, do like that guy, and I don't think he's basically, you know, I, I think he deserves a bit of a rum, but to whose expense, etc. Do you think that attitude sort of smacks of somebody who is happy to be a number two rather than a number one? No. No, 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 no. Because I, d- I don't see that in his play, mate. I mean, I tell you what I do see. I mean, this is good, thank you, for because I mean, you, you can see how uninspired I was to write a fucking script for this show tonight, just by the paucity of, of of interesting questions but actually you've opened it up beautifully uh, what i've been really impressed with with batshuai when he comes on is he looks i mean come on you and i we've all been watching football a long long time and and actually at the match which is where you you see more nuances than you do if you're watching it on the telly and i see a player who's hungry you know i oh, see a, I, I see a player who believes in himself because when he comes on he, he he's he's a million miles away from the player that came on Looked like he was absolutely scared shitless of doing anything in case he made a mistake and never got to play again, or was running around with too many instructions in his head. And I'm talking about when Conte was manager, not just Sarri. Yeah. You know, I mean, he looks a different, different player. And more to the point, Clayton, not only does he look hungry and and believes that you know he will be given a chance, um, and I think that's the point. I think he believes that he will get a fair crack of the whip, and I think that whatever the coaching staff are saying to him, they are they are making him believe that he is a a valuable uh, and important member of the squad. That you know we you know we, clearly we can't play the entire season with one striker up front. He's going to get his chances, and he's important, and he can make a contribution. And I think he's playing like that. That's a fair point. Mm. So you go. I've got a lot of time for Batshuayi. I really have actually. Well, I think because um, of his improvement, Chidge as well. I think yeah. he's really improved. And he seems to be, he's got a role to play, hasn't he? Much more than he ever had under the other two. I think you're right. I think there were too many things in his head that he just couldn't deal with. Whereas this, he's told to get forwards and he, he's he's allowed to, to, to perform to his strengths. And th- this ability to hold the ball up and get a shot in from wherever is, uh, even Abraham can't do that. He has a go, Abraham. He's still not quite got it. It's very... Uh, he's quite a unit, up. isn't he, Batshuayi? Yeah, he's, he's holding a big the player lad. off. Yeah. This is exactly what Abraham needs to do a bit more of. We've talked about this. Just be a bit stronger in those areas. He's great. Batshuayi, um, Abraham is the goal he scored against uh, against uh, Palace was fantastic. That, but the ability to pick a spot, be very cool and calm, 
brilliant. But he just that actually holding the forward off because he was a bit bullied, Abraham, in that game. Whereas uh, Batshuayi just holds him off and has a shot. And you go, yeah, yeah, you, you, you've really improved for me. I think he's, uh, um, he, I think as his own admission, he's not going to end up playing 90 minutes. But, you know, if he just, if he, if, if he's playing a role coming on as regularly as that and he's happy with it, well, fantastic. And yet, having said that, though, that might be an area where we need, if we, we do part, we do um, have the ban rescinded, um, let's see what happens, whether somebody gets bought in. You well, know. good segue, my friend, because uh, I have read uh, that uh, Chelsea will finally have their appeal heard at the Court of Arbitration for Sport, CAS, on November the 20th, which, of course, is Wednesday. So... Uh, I don't really have any any runes on this, whether it will be lifted or not. Um, my suspicion is, given how many infractions Chelsea had, that it won't be lifted. Um, but I don't know. What do you think, J.K.? Do you think it might get lifted? I don't. I can't see it myself. I wouldn't have thought so. No, and it won't matter, will it? It won't matter, and it will put to bed any any rumor about them buying um, five players that people have been wallowing in on Twitter, which is just to my utter bemusement, which seems to go completely against what the club are doing at the moment, which is blooding the youth. You know, it seems absolutely bizarre to suddenly flood the club with not terribly good players. You know, if they're, I think the, even Frank himself has, has, has admitted that uh, uh, when it is, is rescinded, that they'll, they, there are a couple of, of players that you could get in, but a couple or even yeah. one is, you know, it's, and they'll be, they'll be, they'll be big players. We're not talking about, you know, uh, somebody to be a, a squad player. Well, it may be, but it'll be somebody that will complement what he's got at the moment. Because, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so overwhelmed by the abilities that these boys have and the way we're playing that, uh, you know, if he can get anybody to enhance it, wow, fantastic. And not, not rock the boat. He mustn't rock the boat in this environment because it's, it's a clearly a very, very fertile world that Frank has got there at the moment in every area. From uh, and, and we talked about it earlier. The, the the all of them playing for England is such a plus, particularly in the in the uh, the way we're observed, the way we're looked at by the rest of the country. Who, who, oh, there'll be huge jealousy, of course, but other people will be going, "Oh yeah, you know Chelsea, they're that team have got all these fabulous youngsters who are all playing for England. Completely wonderful, wonderful." Mm. And, and a decent England team without going back over ground we've just yeah. covered. But, you see, this is the interesting thing. I mean, England uh, will, will be one of the top six seeds in the European Championships. And there's a very good chance, not least because we've got uh, the group matches at, at Wembley and the semi-final and the final. You know, if they don't screw it up, they've got a chance of winning something. But, I mean, actually, we go into a tournament with a genuine chance of doing well. And there are only several times in my lifetime when we could have said that. Clayton, going back to the, the transfer ban, yeah. um, if it's not lifted, which I, I personally I can't see that it will be, given the number of infractions and everything else and the fact that they hate us. Um, given that, <laughs> given that, um, that means that we're we're back to where we were, as Jonathan was saying. So... You know, no no buys in the January window, which doesn't bother me in the least because, I mean, you know, I know it's an old cliche. You never really buy quality in the January window. And, of course, we can always point to several players that we have bought in the January window that were actually pretty decent for us. But on the whole, you don't. So we, we, we just have to hang on till the summer, which suits me perfectly. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I'm, I'm amused by all these things about this one's going to go and that one's going to go. You know, the, Giroud is um, 
I mean, obviously, we'll wait for Ron's word on the subject. But why would you get rid of a player when Tammy Abrahams is... You you just know the minute that Giroud is sold, Tammy Abrahams will, will get injured. It's just... It, it makes no sense whatsoever. I can't see... If the transfer ban's not lifted, I can't see us. And I, I feel sorry for Oli Jew because he's been a really good player for us. And, and the fact that he's not going to get any game time, I, I think, is, is sad. But... Um, but it happens to us all, mate, doesn't it? It happens yeah, to us all. Yeah, I know, you but know. I, I, I think that the point is that if it is lifted, I think that we have got the setup now where I don't think. I think the club have stumbled upon this. They haven't. There's been no planning. They've they've stumbled upon this, and and that's fine. However, we've got there. I don't care. But the fact is the the club now know that we've got all this talent coming through the pipeline and we've still got great players out on loan. And they are going to be thinking to themselves, well, why on earth would we go out and spend money on players that we don't need like we've done in the past? And the, and the fact is that I think now, and I might be quite naive about this, but I think now that we won't go out and we won't be buying all those sort of fringe players that we don't need for, for less money. Well, I think I we've say. got... A, yeah, I, I know, I, and I agree. And I think we will go out in the summer and we'll buy one or two really, really mm. good players for huge money. Well, I think that's, yeah, I, I've been saying this for a while and I think that's the right approach too. We need a, we need a, a, a dose of world-class talent to add to it if we want to challenge genuinely for the Premier League title and quite possibly the Champions League again. And that's, and that's a fact. But of course, well, it also segues very nicely, Jonathan, into... Uh, to your your chum Ron and his and his and his rumours hashtag Ron's rumours. Can I just say that before we get on to Ron, um, if by any chance you do Ron Ron, it, it, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> met her on a Monday and my heart stood still. Oh, very oh, good, sweet. Um, uh, if if by any chance. They've more like got... more like podcast on a Monday and my heart stood still. Yeah, yeah. We should yes. do it. We should do a little sting for Ron's rumours on that along that line, shouldn't we? We'll, we'll come up be, with something. It, it should be Ron's rumours. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll, my people will call your people and we'll get in the studio and do it. Yeah, we ought to. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I think it's a go. It's a go. But just to say, if by any chance they've got they've been forewarned, which occasionally is the case, or they've got obviously got all their lawyers working on this, and it's this week. Um, if by any chance they know they've got an idea, it may be that um, some of these players are being prepared because if they, he may have a couple of people lined up already, even though it's halfway through the season. You know, I, th- I think. Sorry to interrupt, but I think I if that is the case, I think that we, if a ban is lifted, my sense is that we would buy players, but in the same way that we did with Pulisic. And I'm thinking yes, about Jordan yes. Sancho. Yes. And I'm thinking that, that there's more an opportunity that they'll buy a couple of players and they'll bring them in next summer. Money, they could do that if the band isn't lifted. They could do that anyway, couldn't they? I'm not sure you can because we can't register them. Oh, right, so. right, right. That's good. We can't do what we did with Pulisic yeah. before. Absolutely right. right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're moving on to Ron's rumours. The big, the big one that Ron put forward was Chilwell, who <laughs> I thought actually played excellently for England yeah good player he's, he's clearly a top player it was intriguing to see him because you know obviously I haven't watched Leicester you only get bits and pieces you mean didn't you watch Leicester last season no I did not did you not see them play Napoli I've, I've let you all down all of you sorry about that but I found it all difficult to all the teams I should have been watching and in the end I, if I'd done it I wouldn't have had a life 
Um, but no, Chilwell, it's the also the kind of cross that he puts in is very it's very similar to Reese James. Actually, he's got that that whipped in cross from uh, which used to be what Eddie McCready used to do. I can't. Yeah. If, if there's anybody out there who could, you know, agree, remember that. But I remember when I was little, McCready used to I used to love players beating the fight, the fullback and putting a cross in. But that was wingers. But McCready used to do these. He'd get three quarters of the way you know, up the pitch and whip these crosses in. And I used to think, oh, I don't think Chelsea are playing very well if he's doing that. And on reflection, of course, these were great balls to be delivering. And the way he did it, it's that curl. And it's very similar to the one that um, the Ajax player did in the game the other day. What's his, uh, what was his name? The the Moroccan boy. I can't um, remember. Yeah. Ha- Hadic or something. Hadic, yeah, yeah. No, that was yeah. Tadic. Tadic yeah. is... Uh, Hadic, not Tadic. Oh, right. Okay. Tadic. No, no. Can Captain I, Hadic. I say, Jonathan, I, yeah. the, my first ever game that I saw at Stamford Bridge, not my first ever game, but the first Chelsea home game I saw was in 1968. And Eddie McCready ran from the halfway line and hit the bar. Wow. With a shot. Not obviously he didn't hit the bar. Uh, <laughs> that was probably afterwards. He was, was, he, was a, he was a fantastic fullback. He really oh, was very good. Yeah. He, and um, he also had a he had a slightly nasty streak to him as well. He did. Was, he uh, liked punching people. He did. Very commendable. Uh, uh, Nigel, uh, ha- Happy Bird uh, says it was ZH. And I agree with him. ZH, yeah, yeah. But, but Clayton, I was at that game as well. Uh, oh, I remember yeah. him doing that as well. So we share One that. Of... We share that moment. All right. Ron's rumours, so mate. Ron, the, the nation's well, waiting. Well, no, it's just we've got we the one we've just done is Chilwell. Okay, he's obviously. Uh, I mean, do you want me to do it as Ron? You know, Ron. Do it however you like. Well, what, what Ron does is he says things like, "He says that Kepper." He said, "Look at that." He said, "He said he actually made a statement in the Ajax game." He said, "You know what?" He said, "When they take a free kick, he said I'd like all the players to stand on the line." He said, "Because <laughs> and the ball definitely won't be going in the net, will it?" He said. <laughs> he said, and I said, "Why is that, Ron?" He says, "Not a proper, not a proper keeper." Not a proper keeper. And he actually had an interesting theory. I don't know if we've talked about this before, um, Clayton, which he felt that they were all being taught now to not look at the ball when it's being crossed because they're all um, waiting to stop with the part of their body. So the number of times in that game, in fact, where even the the, the cross that came across that was headed in by promise, um, he wasn't looking at the ball. He was waiting for somebody in in the area to to either clear it or then deal with the shot, which I felt was... It's either that's something he's got wrong that he that he's not doing very well, or uh, and whereas Ron was actually saying that's not good enough. He really should have been pre- prepared to come out for the ball, but perhaps he's being taught in a different way. I think we discussed well, the day. Didn't yeah, we? yeah, we we talked about it on the Love Sports Show, and I, and, yeah. and I just basically, you know, my my view is, and I'm not sort of just defending him for the sake of defending him because I know that sort of there's. You know, there's a lot of angst about the way he's playing, etc. And the rumours about bringing Shea Given in because they're worried yeah. about how he's performing. Yeah. Um, and can I just throw in there, he's being coached by possibly one of the worst goalkeepers I ever saw play for Chelsea. I just thought I'd throw that in there. Well, Hilario. Yes. Um, and I think, you know, I think it's all about coaching. Because yeah. you can say what you like about um, Kepa and, and I will... You know, I, I will front up and say I think he's not been particularly good this season. I think you have to take into account that the defence hasn't been particularly brilliant either, uh, and that doesn't help. But I think one is sort of related to the other. Um, well, keeping's but, a confidence game as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. But I think, I mean, you know, the, the the statistic that he has the worst shot to goal ratio yeah. of any yeah. goalkeeper in the Premier League at the moment. 
um, is not great. So, it, you know, it, it, it's a hard it's a hard thing to defend. I'm still going to go out there and think we, we've got a decent goalkeeper, but he, he could do better. But just going back to the original point, I do think that the way goalkeepers play now is different to where they played in the past. And, I, and, I, and I'm putting that down to coaching. Because whereas five years ago, you'd expect a goalkeeper to come out for a cross, doesn't happen anymore. No, that's a good point. Doesn't doesn't Frank want Shea Given to uh, be the goalkeeper? Yeah, yeah, no, that, that, that's why I mentioned hilarious yeah. because yeah. he yeah. basically is concerned about his coaching, um, and he wants to bring Shea Given in because obviously Shea worked with him last year at Dart. Yeah. yeah, as I said, you know, I find the the fact that hilarious is a coach uh, to be quite interesting on on the basis that he was without doubt one of the worst goalkeepers i've ever seen play for us mm. well right. ron, ron said that he was specifically uh frank was contemplating getting uh a young goalkeeper in to be competition if not take over from him wow can't see that happening you don't pay 70 million for somebody and then just lob him off well no but i i, I don't think i think well he's on a six-year contract isn't he i don't think they lob him off I think they see what happens. I think the major problem is you can't you can't um, coast with a goalkeeper in the Premier League or the Champions League, you know. And if it if he thinks it's not happening, uh, he, he's you know he, he may be wonderful, lovely Frank, but I think he's no. Also that's his lovely. job, mate, and he's, yeah. he, he is yeah. lovely Frank, but Frank yeah. is nails, mate. Absolutely. He, 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 no, you don't you don't achieve what Frank has in the game without yeah. being ruthless. Yeah, no, yeah. Well, I, you know, think, can I can I just say yeah. what I said on that Love Sports show? For yeah. all his faults, um, save he made against Ajax at the end, probably yeah, saved brilliant. us a point. Yeah. And then at Watford, his save in the last minute yeah. saved us three points or two points. Yeah. So, yeah. bottom line, I think is, it's early days, Clayton. I think he's young, and I mean, you know, I mean, come on, you remember in our day, you know, goalkeepers didn't actually get to be any good until they were thirty. You know, and now we've got all these 21. I, do you know what? I think I'm sure I said this on one of the shows the other week, but actually I think Petr Cech has completely queered the pitch for goalkeepers because he was just so phenomenal when he was 22. We all now expect 22-year-old goalkeepers to be phenomenal. But Cech was a one-off, you know, and I, th- I think goalkeepers get better with age. They mature, you know, and I, and I, and I, hope, I hope we see that with Kepa. Do you I, think I, that Kepa should wear a Cech hat and then he might be better? Well, who knows? Maybe, maybe Ron can, uh, 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 you know, suggest Ron will that. Find out. The other, there were the similar uh, rumours that we had the other day, which is that um, uh, William uh, is going to sign a two-year contract. I think it'll Ooh. be a year, actually. I think the. the well, I've heard uh, he's been offered two. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I would be surprised if he's offered two. They offered it to Louise, if you remember. So perhaps they're making an exception. But they didn't Ron offer it. He signed it. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, you signed it. Indeed, yeah. Well, but indeed, but but uh, it's it's how old is William now? Thirty-two. So uh, it's unlikely they make him. They'll give him till thirty-four. I reckon it's thirty-one. It'll be a year. Ron thinks it's a year. Ron Ron said, but also the he's not going to, on a free transfer to Barcelona, which was another rumor, which uh, has been uh, uh, Ron doesn't agree with at all. Now the other rumors that, that Ron came up with, and I have to say, Ron Ron's source, I won't, you know, I won't. We we, we talked about it the other day. We shouldn't have let on. Ron's source is a rather eminent, eminent um, f- uh, friend of the club. Let's put it that an way. An eminent QC. Yeah, yeah that would be uh, Roly that would, Barkin. That would give him more intelligence than he has. Um, but he uh, his big thing is the clip is more the clear out of um, 
I think I said Alonso, who Frank doesn't rate. Um, Emerson, who is apparently uh, wants to get out of the club and has asked for a ludicrous amount of money. But that would then leave... Um, that would leave the way for Chilwell. Exactly. Or even uh, Matson, who we, we, we keep yeah. championing on this programme, yeah. who I actually think is fantastic and will be a player of the future for the club. Pedro? Um, Whether well, Joe Tweeds as well. And that... Um, uh, uh, Pedro Pedro is on his way to Atlanta um, and uh, um, Giroud is likely to leave and Barkley's on his way out as well really okay tell me more about Barkley uh, just that they he doesn't Frank doesn't rate him and thinks they've got mm. too many midfield players and he won't get in well so, I, surely yeah. a lot of this depends on on, on indeed, how well Doctor Cheeks gets Some back of them to, to do with the ban absolutely right absolutely. well no no it, I think it depends on how I mean because we're worried about Loftus Cheek when I'm he sorry, comes yeah, back, yeah, yeah, and if yeah. he comes back as well as he was before, and all of that, so I would have thought it depends on that. Listen, the overriding thing that that intrigues me about uh, dear old Ron and his Millwall brick rumours are: um, are these guys going out in January? Because surely that's stupid. You know, if you can't buy anybody to, you know, you need some depth in that squad. You can't just let a whole load of players go in January. So is he talking summer or or what? Well, no, but I wonder once again. You know, he was talking about December. Wow. I wonder whether, um, in fact, he's he's got the, the the nod on the transfer ban, and that they know that then they'll get a couple of players in. You so know, maybe it may be that Chill was already lined up if they if they already know they're going to succeed. They would know surely by now. It being on Wednesday, just talking to their uh, to their solicitors, to their lawyers. I mean, you would know more about this, Clinton. But they would, you know, would they not be given an inkling as to whether they're going to do well or not? Mm, perhaps I, I, mm. I don't know because I'd be surprised. Uh, you know, the, the, these guys seem to be a law unto themselves. I don't know. Is is the honest answer? I'd be surprised if it is lifted. I think we all would be. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, you know, look what look what's happened with Man City this week. Every, you know the. Everybody was basically saying that Man City were going to have this charge against them dropped. And lo and behold, it's not. But, you know, they thought it was just going to be thrown yes. out. Yes. Uh, and then they said, uh, actually, no, it's not. You've got to face, you know. So who knows? Who knows? I, I, I think the bottom line is we've got a really good squad. If we can't buy anybody then we'd be bonkers to let anybody leave. I think you make a very good point about uh, Ruben. We, do, we, we don't know what we're going to get back. Um, and therefore, I think Barkley will probably be here till the summer. I think, you know, I, th- I think if we let Pedro go, I, I don't think that that's the end of the world. I mean, he's done really well for us, but um, I think we've got enough cover in, in his position. I think if we let Giroud go, that's a huge, huge risk, yeah, as I said earlier, I because of potential injuries. Um, but apart from that, I can't see anybody else going. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on that. Well, let's or... see, let's see. We'll get we'll get it from the horse's mouth when uh, when Ron next appears. Okay, all right. Well, I tell you what. Um, rather than me put it in the script every week in in the vain hope that we might have some, I, I'm going to require you to text me, JK, to say, Chidge, I have several Ron, Rocket Ron's rumours. Can we yeah. have it on the show this week? And it will yeah, be done. Yeah, yeah. All right. We can go via his wife, Lynn, of course, because mm, uh, mm. lots of the stuff that I learnt um, last year about, um, uh, the year before last, two years ago, about uh, Conte was uh, was fed by Lynn speaking mm. to Ron. 
Okay, well, so, you know, but, you, you let me know, you give me the nod yeah, and I'll put it in the yeah, script, mate. But there's yeah. no point putting it in the script if there aren't any. So, no, no. Uh, I, yeah, bit of liaison. Right, I'm going to, um, we're going to do the greatest favourite best later on, I think, because it would make sense to do it later on. So, I'm just going to go on and uh, basically what I want to say is an absolute massive, 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 huge thank you uh, to A, everybody who sponsored me for the big Stamford Bridge sleep out and of course anybody who sponsored anybody else uh, and of course uh, everybody who took part on Saturday night it was a really fantastic I know it shouldn't sound like this because it's not very nice but it was the, the spirit uh, uh, of uh, everybody just wanting to do their bit on Saturday night was brilliant and uh, I, I met up with Neil Beard and uh, the lovely Andy Willis in the cock had a few pints of Guinness got my beer jacket on nice and early uh, and, and then I, I was I was sleeping uh, adjacent I think is the word adjacent to the lovely Caroline, uh, the head of the Paul Cannavale Foundation, and the wonderful Canners and Neil. And uh, I, I didn't get cold, uh, but it was bloody uncomfortable sleeping on hard concrete, I've discovered. Not something I would recommend. Um, and, of course, I didn't really get much sleep at all because, of course, they got the kind of, you know, the, the half lights they have under the East Stand. They don't actually go out completely. And uh, and then they, they turned on abruptly at six o'clock, which was a bit of a shock because I'd actually only just then managed to get some sleep. One of the reasons for this, I, I shared this with Clayton earlier on, Jonathan, but I'll, I'll share it with the, the world. Um, I, I, but about three, you know, I was having this kind of fitful sleep, really. So not really sleeping properly. And uh, and I, I needed a piss, obviously. So I was thinking, do I really want to get out of my sleeping bag into the cold, find my boots, put them on, stagger off to where the bogs were? and have a pee or shall I just try and hold on anyway I gave up in the end by this time it's about half three so I staggered off for a piss on my way back I was clearly like looking like somebody who couldn't find their sleeping bag at which point Canners shouts out to me Chidge you're over there son I said thanks Paul anyway so I I kind of like got back to sleep and then I realized that I hadn't put my earplugs in earlier on so I found them and put them in and and I was just getting off to sleep when I could hear in the in the kind of like the you know when you've got earplugs and you can still hear stuff but it's a bit distant I could hear canners going chidge 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 and I thought surely this I'm just dreaming this nobody really is at four o'clock in the morning shouting chidge 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 and sure enough canners by this stage was not only shouting chidge he was waving at me frantically so okay so I took the earplug out uh and Canners just said, he said, Chidge, Chidge, who was John Neal's assistant manager? And I said, Ian McNeil. Uh, he said, no, 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 John Hollins, John Hollins. He said, oh, no, it was Ernie Wally. He said, oh, right, yeah, yeah, thanks. And that was it. I mean, it was a bit akin to, you know, when you're like in the military or, or being detained by a foreign uh, foreign country having spied on them. And they and they kind of wake you up every three hours and say, what's your name? What's your, what's your serial number? I don't know, whatever, like sleep. To- it was a bit like that. Uh, but it became a bit of a standing joke for everybody who was there because Paul, in his wonderful way, managed to wake everybody up because he wanted to know uh, who the assistant manager to John uh, Neal was and uh, also, in fact, actually what he really meant was John Hollins. But uh, I digress. The bottom line is um, everybody was brilliant. A lot of money raised. Over £25,000, I believe, has been raised for the Glass Door charity and the Os- Oswald Stoll uh, Foundation that looks after uh, the uh, homeless veterans. So it was a brilliant, brilliant night, and I hope we, we're going to try and do it every year. But, I mean, I, I'm just absolutely touched by the amount of support that we've all had and the number of people who've sponsored me, many of whom listen to the show. So I just wanted to give you some massive love and thanks for, for doing all of that. So there you go, chaps. 
Jonathan's muted him. He, he's so bored with my story about Canners, he's muted himself. But uh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> see, I can see, I can I see make, when you do it. I didn't want to make any noise. Oh. I was, I was coughing and spluttering, and and I didn't uh, want to interrupt your uh, your marvelous achievement. Well, it was, it was yeah, really, I, I, really I did a good done. thing. I did a good thing. But I think the the main thing is lots of people did a good thing by sponsoring me, and I'm massively grateful for that. Um, and what's I going to say? There was something on the tip of my tongue that I was going to say then. Oh, I know. You can still donate. <laughs> Fancy forgetting that. Yeah, it'll stay open for a while. So if, if you've – I mean, there's been loads. We had we was on Talk Sport this morning uh, on Jim White's show. They were Canners was on, and they were talking about it. So we got a nice big plug about what we were doing there. Um, so if you've seen all the publicity we've had about it, loads of really good photographs, uh, you can still donate. You can donate at uk.virginmoneygiving.com forward slash David Chigi. So there you go. Uh, but a very worthwhile cause. It was, uh, as I said, I mean, it was a real reminder. I mean, we were all lucky. I mean, we, we all got to go home afterwards. There are people that have to do this every night, and I wouldn't wish that on anybody. It's horrible. Uh, I had to go and do a radio show for four hours, which was a bit of an insane thing to do, but uh, I managed to survive. But there you go. So there you go, Clayton. We'll see you there next year, Clayton, will we? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, okay, I look forward to it. You um, won't see oh, me, unfortunately. You can always send your butler instead, couldn't you? Funnily enough, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I am his you. butler. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Send Ron as well, mate. We can all have a load of rumours all night. So there you go. All right, a couple of other quick plugs while I'm at it. Um, I should also say massive thank you to, to our Patreons. We got a few more last week, so uh, welcome on board. Um there is a delay on the signing of the Kerry Dixon mini banners because uh, I haven't managed to track him down. I might be seeing him Friday. Failing that, it'll be West Ham at home. Uh, so you'll just have to wait a few more weeks for those, all those people that I promised them to. If you do want one, you have to be a Patreon uh, person. So that that was the deal. Uh, you, you kind of donate to Patreon and I'll do nice things for you occasionally, one of which is getting you a mini Kerry Dixon banner. So there you go. Um, other than that, it's a good way to get hold of us, good way to get, you know, if you don't fancy emailing, you can ask us a question on there. And uh, Jonathan and I are going to try and put his wonderful videos that he does with me, apart from when I turn up pissed after the game and it all goes horribly wrong. Isn't that right, Clayton? I couldn't possibly comment. <laughs> well, anyway, we're going to try and put the videos on Patreon. So there you go. I mean, you, you, in, in which case you could just pay more money for us not to. It can work both ways. <laughs> you know, I do understand that. But there you go. There's all sorts of things you could do. I, I must try harder. I always say this, and I promise that I will. Uh, but in the meantime, if you do want to join in and support what we do, it's very lovely of you if you do. And it is patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. So there you go. Uh, now, those of you, in fact, there are people yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest who know that um, I've launched uh, a, an, another podcast, basically, called the Chelsea Special, which is a whole series of interviews with uh, past legendary Chelsea players and all sorts of people, actually. You know, celebrity fans, note noteworthy fans, you name it. Uh, we've already got... Uh, Kerry Dixon, Bobby Tambling, Chopper Harris, Tommy Baldwin have all gone out. Uh, many more to come. Colin Pates will be this week. By the way, he has some very interesting things to say about Callum Hudson-Odoi because, of course, Colin uh, used to teach at the Whitgift School, which is where Hudson-Odoi uh, went. Uh, so he knew him very, very well as a youngster. Very interesting things to he has to say about about Hudson Adoy, uh, Johnny Boyle, John Bumpster, Gary Chivers as well, and I believe on Friday the plan is that we're going to interview Danny Harkins, 
also known as Eccles, who was the leader of the shed in the late sixties and the early seventies. So that'll be that'll be fascinating, and then some. So there we go. Um, we pay all the people that we interview to do this. So therefore, it's cost me and Martin King, author of Holy Fam One and Two, and uh, Ozzy the King of Stamford Bridge, a fair a lot of money basically. So we're therefore having to charge for them so that we can cover our costs. Uh, they are two pounds ninety nine each to download, but they really are well worth it. I mean, it's a hopefully a lovely legacy for some of these older players some of whom might not be around too much longer uh, but they're really opening up to us it's it, the fascinating interviews they really are so £2.99 you need to go to chelseaspecial.podbean p-o-d-b-e-a-n dot com and you can download them from there we're also on twitter at chelsea underscore special and we're also the chelsea special on facebook so there you go and uh, we will have a website chelseaspecial.com and, and i'm kind of warehousing it on the chelsea fancast website at the moment um and i put a blog up there featuring all their stats loads of, I mean, you should go there go and have a look at chelseafancast.com and, and you'll see on the main menu chelsea special but uh, i found lots of youtube clips of these guys playing so uh you know like kerry's goals uh, John Chopper Harris's tackles, you name it. Tommy Baldwin, a lot of his goals and stuff like that. I found some really brilliant stuff. So it's worth checking the blogs out on the ChelseaFanCast.com website at the moment, but it will soon be on the ChelseaSpecial.com website too. Right, enough of me plugging stuff. In part three, uh, we will read out your emails. We will turn the show over to you, uh, and we'll also have uh, well be revealing the competition to win an art of football Frank Lampard T-shirt. All right. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Cheech. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel... If you couldn't be there, and it's not on TV. Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all... No more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com. 
Okay, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast uh, with the wonderful Clayton Beerman. Hello. And the absent Jonathan Kidd. Hello. Who has uh, lost... Oh, hello. Hello, everybody. That's kind of kiddo language, yeah, isn't it? sort of, yeah. Anyway, as far as we know, he's still in the car zoo. He hasn't returned. So maybe he's having a dump. Who knows? Mm. Anyway, while he's in the car zoo, uh, I can uh, tell you all about this competition that we've got, uh, which is going to start the minute we stop the show tonight. Uh, but... The lovely art of football people, or at art underscore of underscore football uh, on Twitter, who uh, I've been working with for a while now, actually. But um, uh, they uh, have got a a lovely Frank Lampard T-shirt to give away. It's basically a a white T-shirt with uh, Lampard written in kind of weird font. But it looks very nice. Um, Anyway, uh, I was going to say, yeah, here we go. I've got a question for you. I should put this up on Twitter. And I'll leave it running all week, so people who don't do it immediately after we finish the show and who get to the podcast on Friday or whatever, they'll still have time to answer it. But uh, the following question is what I want answered. How many Chelsea matches has Frank Lampard won as Chelsea manager? If you answer the uh, question correctly, uh, then I will pick a winner out on the show next week. So there you go. But what you need to do, because I'm just going to tweet this out, all right? So what you have to do is you have to follow the art of football, which is at art underscore of underscore football, and tweet us the answer, uh, in basically because I shall tweet it out from the Chelsea Fancast uh, Twitter, and you need to reply to that. And then I'll pick one out randomly next Monday, and hopefully a Frank Lampard t-shirt will be winging its way to you next week. So there you go. Uh, all right, are you back, Jonathan? Yes. Hallelujah. Lovely. Uh, okay. Um, oh, the angry interns coming over for the West Ham game. I've heard there's loads of Americans coming over for the uh, for the West Ham match. So uh, maybe they should all kind of march down uh, Fulham Road in the opposite direction of the West Ham fans who seem to take pride in marching to uh, Stamford Bridge, Clayton. With an that American means- flag singing yeah. the Star Spangled Banner. Something like that. Anyway, we've only got three emails this week, JK. Um, but uh, never mind. Uh, one of them is uh, they requested specifically you, you read it, which is the last one. But in the meantime, we've got Nyash's email. Is that me then? It is. Because that means you read the middle one. Clever. It does. Clever. You've got it all worked out, mate. Nyash Man Wama. Dear Uncle Chidge and the gang, after pouring my heart out, heart out, my heart out, after pouring my heart out last time I wrote, it's only right I keep it short and sweet this time. Emoji. Uh, with um, uh, lots of tearful laughter. After going through my usual routine of frantically downloading the fancast as soon as it's uploaded every Monday, I had a great laugh at the latest title of the pod. Rolls Reese. It's clever. It's clever. It's not just laughable. It's clever. It was not the first time the title of the podcast alone has made my week. I just want to give Uncle Chidge or whomever his ghostwriter may be, smiley face, some credit for the cleverness, wit and humour, spelt without the U, of the pod titles. Really funny stuff. Cheers and keep the blue flag flying high it's chidge chidge does it all no ghostwriting it's chidge entirely chidge it what's is. the name of your what's the name of your ghostwriter no, it, no is, is... it is it is me it is all me uh and, I, and i'll tell you it's a bloody struggle sometimes to come up with one so uh sometimes i nick them from somebody else no i don't really but uh yeah but thank you nyash it's glad that somebody notices it because i do try hard to come up with something apt 
every week. But there you go. Lovely to hear from you as well. Right, we've got another email from Jeff Jones, who I I do declare, I do believe he's from Atlanta, Georgia. So how about that? Right, Chidge and the boys, I'm a relatively new listener, but a faithful one. Best kind, Jeff. Uh, I came across Yarl's show after stumbling across the London is Blue podcast during our title run in Conte's first season. You were a guest on one of the first episodes I listened to, Chidge, and of course you threw in a plug for the fan cast. This, of course, will explain why I've never been invited back. Because I think that they think that I go on there and just try and steal all their listeners, you see. That's Chidge, what's going I've on. never been on at all. No, I've banned them from asking you. Oh, good. Because they, 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 they had Marco on last week, you know. I mean, for God's sake. Find your own guest, you bloody pilferers. Anyway, I immediately subscribed. I was on the week before. I know you were. I know you were. You know, I know we're the best podcast in the world, and I know we have the best people, but well, there for you go. God's Flattery sake. Is the whatever, whatever. What? How could you, Clay? How could you? <laughs> remember i mean you know i i remember in the old days yeah. uh when it was just us and the chels that there was a bit of friction i mean i i, I didn't cause this at all but the, the chels felt that that we might be nicking some of their guests and i said well i won't and i had to ask permission to steal jonathan didn't i remember that mm-hmm. yeah didn't, yes. didn't, they, didn't they pay his taxi fare Shh, don't say that <laughs> <laughs> But I think it's a bit more light now. We all we all get on it. We're only having a bit of fun and a bit of a laugh. Um, they, they, are they due over again this year? The London is blue lot. Um, not this year. Maybe next they? year. In the, in the before the I mean this season before then, the end of the season. I think yeah. so. I haven't. I don't know exactly when. Now, it's about time I went on there. Oi, I know you lot listen to this show. About time you bloody invited me back on. I haven't been on for ages. Okay. I might just, like, muscle in and do it anyway. But, no, invite me. I'd love to come on. I've been on for ages. Anyway, I digress. Uh, um, anyway, Jeff says, I haven't. I immediately subscribed and I haven't missed a show since. I live in Atlanta, so I'm usually at work when y'all record. I love this. Y'all record. But I've managed to listen live for a few minutes at least a handful of times. I wonder if he's in there now. If you're in there... Jeff, say hello. Um, Anyway, I was tickled when Chidge read out my Mixler name in the opening. There you go. I don't think it would have been Jeff somehow. Maybe it was somebody else. I don't know. Anyway, this is my first time writing in. I actually started working on a draft some months ago about how I discovered and fell in love with Chelsea. But it was going to be far too long, and I kind of abandoned it. So, here's the Reader's Digest condensed version. I fall in love with a beautiful game after watching the 06 World Cup. I buy FIFA 06. I was 14 at the time. And play with AC Milan and Chelsea. Shevchenko is bought by Chelsea. Then Chelsea buys Balak, my older brother's favourite player from World Cup 06. My brother convinces me to split a subscription to Fox Soccer Channel with him. Essien scores a screamer to equalise late against Arsenal, my favourite Chelsea goal. It still makes me jump out of my seat. My blood turns blue. Well, that's it. I'll end by saying that I'm a huge (laughs) fan of the show. Not only the insight y'all have about our performances, but especially the stories about Chelsea's past. J.K. Stamford Bridge story. Uh, the time segment from a couple of months back was great. I yeah. pl- I pray it will be recurring. Well, it, it oh. could have been. It could have been tonight if I'd have bloody remembered, Jeff. Apologies, but we will do it again. Chidge, uh, I haven't. Apart from that one bloke who wrote on Facebook, yes, uh, Jonathan. Yes. It's all bloody Jonathan Kidd this week, for God's sake. Why is it all bloody Jonathan? And I said because he had a segment about his oh some people honestly for god's sake anyway uh it will come back and have no fear uh, i, I haven't it was down person, that wasn't it Chid? wasn't it you he are? never stopped talking that jonathan kid wasn't it that oh, i can't it yeah something something like that it's just unbelievably yeah. banal yeah. but there you go uh he says i haven't downloaded any of the chelsea special shows just yet but rest assured i plan to please do jeff you really really if you love 
stories about the past. This will be absolutely for you. You'll love it. One last thing. I've tried to scroll back even through iTunes to find the Post Munich show, but it doesn't seem to be available. Is there another platform I can find it on? I was It was the greatest night in Chelsea's history, and I've been wanting to listen to my favourite podcast's reaction to it for a couple of years now, actually. I hope to make it across the pond for a match someday once I can afford it. Would love to meet up with Yarl and buy a round or two. Keep the fl- blue flag flying high. Yours truly, Jeff Jones, Atlanta, Georgia, USA. P.S. I feel dumb for having mild expectations for Mountain Tamori. If only I'd watched Derby last season. Well, there you go, Jeff. Quite right. Uh, on the Munich show, that's a very good point. Um, I'm astonished that I haven't got it in some of our classic editions, which I put up on the website. Uh, so I will have a look, um, and I will I will put it up there. So if you know, I know I know most of you subscribe to uh, Acast or iTunes or whatever. Um, so it might not be immediately apparent that it's there, but uh, I've got ways of making that happen. So I, I sh- I'm pretty sure it is. All right. So. Have a look. In fact, you know what? While Jonathan's reading the next email, I'm going to have a look online and see if I can find it on our website. But I'm pretty sure it's up there. If it isn't, I'll put it up there. All right. There you go. JK, email of the week. This is uh, email number three, Rab, also known as Arthur. Hello, Chidge, Jonathan, and special guest. It's you, Clayton. Clayton, you're in this. I am very special. You are. Very special. In the best possible way. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm special. So special. Remember that? Going to have my attention. Give it to me. Um, I had a fairly long mail typed out, only for my increasingly annoying device to delete it. To delete it. To delete it. The email was largely about Reese James, my delight at witnessing his outstanding top flight debut and the Rolls Reese title of last week's show. Oh, Chidge, it went down wonderfully. As well as hearing Mark, an absolute top man and writer. Yes, he is. The email was sure to emulate Reese at Wigan last season and sweep the board for email awards. I actually found an article by a Wigan seriously debate by a Wigan I like that seriously debating whether the youngster was the best player he'd ever seen in a Wigan shirt could Reese James be the finest player ever to turn out for Wigan Athletic a bold question indeed and one I'm not altogether comfortable posing for fear of disrespecting those who have instead I will try and emulate my new favorite player's remarkable composure and focus and reel in my usual OTT tendencies with any player who impresses me in a handful of games. There's plenty of more knowledgeable there are plenty more knowledgeable folks extolling young Reese's explosive start to life in the Chelsea first team. So I'll just say that I can't remember wanting one player to do so well this much. He's in good hands. Great show last week. Good to finally know to know the story of the lemon break. Very much looking forward to starting Liquidator and replaying the story of the song being another Chelsea first to my mate Sarah's West Bromwich Albion supporting father. Currently reading Tim Rolls' Doherty Diamonds book, a brilliantly detailed account of a fascinating era I knew very little about. It's great, isn't it? Isn't it, Rab, a.k.a. Arthur? It's great. I'll sign off before this gets VAR'd and hope everyone who did the sleep in is recovering and well done. Up the Chelsea, Arthur. Good stuff. There you go. Yeah, isn't it, Joe? I, I, I actually met Rab, funnily enough, at the CFC UK stall as he was purchasing the liquidator from Marco. Wow. 
So there you go. How about I'm, that? It's I'm lovely. halfway through and I'm absolutely loving it. What a great book. I haven't started it yet, but I, I was tempted to take it on the sleep out on Saturday, but uh, I, I didn't. And by the way, actually, talking of the sleep out again, I, I should have said earlier how, how wonderful it was to meet up with some people that listen to the show and were very, very nice about us all and the show in particular. And Raj, I met, I met, bumped into Richard Schreller, like Schreller, Schreller, I can never pronounce his name. Uh, and uh, so Raj Argon as well, who's originally from Albania, has been here for 25 years, had a lovely chat with him. I met a bloke called Perry, Andy Willis, I met in the pub before. Uh, loads and loads. I saw Charles Rose, had a nice chat with him, Tim, Cliff. Louise, I mean, loads of people. There was a, it was a real kind of, I, I mean, I, I don't mean to, to to make this a nationalistic thing, but the, these two chaps and certainly a lot of people who listen to the show will understand it. There was a real kind of blitz spirit amongst it that that the only the English seemed to manage to do, which is in times of discomfort and hardship, providing we've got a cup of tea, we all get on with each other. It was it was that kind of spirit, you know. And I did actually think at one stage in, in the kind of, you know, when you you can't really sleep, so you have a lot of kind of weird shit going around in your head, you know, like kind of semi-dream state. I did think, oh, I wonder if this is what it was like in the war when we all had to sleep in tube stations, you know. And I was going to start singing a few Vera Ling songs, and then I realised I'd probably get, you know, kicked to death by people trying to sleep, so I didn't. We're, we're, we're in sixpence territory now. We're in sixpence territory now. Google it. Anyway, uh, all, all right, okay, enough, Vera, thank you. Vera, shut it. Uh, Billy Shears Blue says, I'm in here today, so I'm presuming that's Jeff. Uh, by the way, Jeff, I couldn't find the Munich one in my classic shows bit, so I will I will check it out, all right? And, uh, yeah, and I'll do something about that, and I'll get it up online for you. Um, Blue in Oz, uh, the lovely Russ says, tell that lad Jeff that there's a supporters club in Atalanta. Atlanta, mate, he's not in Atalanta that can help him get a ticket for home matches so he should join up. Yes, you should. There is a, a big Chelsea supporters group in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I know the person who runs it. So that's Brenda, I think. Brenda Darcy. So there you go. Get on it, Jeff. Right, that's it. Brilliant. For short but sweet, I have to say. Uh, not many emails, but they were very good ones. So get back on it next Monday because... Uh, Otherwise, uh, we get to go home early. So actually, you know, there's, there is a plus side. But there you go. Anyway, love getting them, as you all know. Um, and uh, we do always read them out. So if you want to email us, send it to chelseafancast at gmail.com and try to get it to us by Monday morning at the absolute latest. Uh, now, part four coming up. We've got an interview with the founder of Who Knows Wins, which is the, uh, the, the social betting app that we've got involved with in the last couple of months, which is providing great fun for many of us who are... Uh, are in there doing it um and uh, i'll also have a quick chat about how our league is shaping up this week and uh, to wrap up we're going to have a look ahead to next weekend's match against man city so don't go anywhere real fans real opinions i'm jason cundy and you're listening to the chelsea football fancast proper chelsea Footballfancast.com Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you, of course, are listening to the Chelsea Fancast. Uh, and uh, uh, I just want us to... I was going to say, I mean, as you know, you know, we did this thing called Who Knows Wins. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about how we're all doing with it this week, because it's been a bit of a, a, a different week, which has caused me a bit of mirth, actually. But I shall reveal that later, because... Uh, 
kind of uh, one of the things we decided to do when we got involved with Who Knows Wins. I said, well, wouldn't it be fun if you, you know, you came on and talked about it and actually told us how it all works? So uh, earlier on today, I had a, a lovely chat with Jamie, who is in fact the um, he's the founder of Who Knows Wins, and this is what he had to say. I'm absolutely delighted to uh, welcome Jamie to the Chelsea Fancast. Now, Jamie is the founder of Who Knows Wins, which, of course, is uh, the betting app that we've been involved with for a couple of months and been having a huge amount of fun with Jamie. So I should probably say thank you, first of all, because, as I said, it's been great fun for us. No, thank you, David. Um, I'm glad you're all enjoying it. That's why we built it. And obviously, when we came up with the vision, it was for sports fans like you and me and your audience on the podcast. So it's yeah, it's good to see people using it and for the right reasons, enjoying it. So no, thank you guys well, for supporting us. Absolute pleasure. So, I mean, what, I mean, you were the founder of it. What was the idea behind it? So the idea was, was very simple and I'm sure most people have kind of had experience of this, but you, so the idea came from, I, I made a bet with a friend and, and we were watching us a sports game on mute and we didn't know anything about it. And we kind of just, just made a bet with each other that I said the blue team would win and he kind of said the pink team we we exchanged 10 euros and um, watched the game Um, at the end he won and I passed the 10 euros to him and it felt better for me to do that than it did the traditional way of me going on my phone and and placing the bet on an online gambler Uh, so that feeling um, was interesting and I'm sure, like I said, many people have felt that before, giving money to a friend. It's, it's got its kind of negatives to it, but ultimately it just felt that we did something more transparent than, than we were used to. And we interacted during the game and ultimately he, he won, the, won the money and um, he then had the bragging rights for the rest of the evening. So when I came back from that, that trip, we were away. I kind of tried to look at how that could be scaled um, and the journey started of who knows wins that, that is what you see on the app these days I think that's a, that's a really a very valid point actually Jamie I, I, you know my experience most well myself included really cannot stand losing money to bookies but uh, no. yeah you know but when it's when it's a with it's when when it's with a mate and b I mean you know what we're talking about with who knows wins of course is, is basically pool betting so you know all the money that you you know that you you buy in you you know usually for us it's five quid a week as you know uh but it all goes to big pot and of course you know whoever wins gets the majority of that pot and i've done much the same and when i was working in tv i used to be stuck in edit suites for hours on end and if there was a sporting <laughs> event on me and the editor would sit there bored trying to you know supposed to be doing our job but there'd be some sport event on as well i mean i always remember doing it the cricket actually so like we'd, we'd bet a quid on who was going to get the next wicket or something like that and it's more fun basically and it didn't have while away the time so i kind of get that yeah it's, it's more fun and, and ultimately david sport is is entertainment yeah. so anyway and we can't always have a, a partisan kind of um leverage to one team or the other so so we create that we create that by by gambling and gambling's been around for centuries and there's nothing wrong with that but like you said doing it between a group of people and the money staying within that group of people seems it seems softer more transparent than the traditional way in which we do it on a on a phone or or on a computer screen and we're just giving the money to an entity that that we don't have any interaction with so yeah it it is a beautiful concept Um, one of the things i always say to a lot of people is that when i used to gamble on sport 
I would never tell my mum that I was doing it. <laughs> they always felt like there was, there's something that restricted me from saying that to her. Yeah. Whereas with I think with Who Knows Wins, it's open. You're doing it with lots of people, and it and it feels far more comfortable. Yeah, and I have to add in as well, Jamie, that if you're mathematically challenged like me, then you've never ever been able to work out the odds on things. So that also helps because that, <laughs> does, that doesn't exist in Who Knows Wins, does it? It's yeah, simple. of course. Uh, that's one thing I, I didn't think about. Yeah, but of course, it, it eradicates odds it, yeah. and it takes out the bookmakers completely. So yeah, it makes it far far more easier on the mind just yeah. to, to sit down and pick a few pick a few results to fixtures it's quite an easy thing to do and it doesn't take much of your time and it also doesn't get in the way of your the rest of what you're doing for the day so if you're spending time with family you can you can keep an eye on who knows wins but you, it doesn't take over your life in any way well indeed and i think one of the things I've, I've you know i really like about it is i mean actually quite often on on the shows we we often predict uh, predict what we think the outcome of a match is going to be, and I mean, usually we we will go so far as predicting the actual score, which I think is insane. If you're ever if you've ever done football betting and you you bet on the scores, you you get the the, the worst odds possible usually. And there's a good <laughs> reason for that. But what I like is the fact that this is quite simple. It's it's simply home win, away win, or a draw, which I think yeah. you know you don't have to expend too much mental energy doing it. But it does require some knowledge and and I think that's what we like I mean as football fans we like to think that we know what we're talking about and I think that allows you to kind of express that in a fun way where you can also win some money so you know it gets a big heads up from me um let's talk about the app itself and and how it actually works um I've got to be honest I found it fairly simple but for those that have not come across it yet uh you you can probably give a much better description than I can I would have thought certainly try um, I, I should know by now how to explain it. <laughs> True. <enough. laughs> but, but ultimately, it, it puts the power in, in the user's hands. So one user will kind of select themselves as, as an administrator or, or an organizer. So they'll create a league. So by doing that, they select the fixtures that are within that league, um, the, the buy-in, the entry fee that it will cost for their friends to join that league and how then the pot is distributed. So whether it's winner takes all or they want a few more places added to the pot, that's all fine. So so once they've done that, they've created that, they've locked that in, they make their selections on those fixtures. And I think we've got four sports on the app now. So football being our main one, horse racing, tennis and rugby union. And they can select fixtures from any one of these sports and, and put them together, collect them in the same league. So it offers that opportunity as well. And then they, they invite their friends to join them. So their friends will have the exact same template as them, same set of fixtures. They'll make their predictions and then they'll all go into a leaderboard. And as the results come through, the leaderboard will adjust and the most successful players will end up on, on the top of that leaderboard and, and win the money. It's, it's very simple. And I think that that's what helps. Uh, people can just go on there and, and find it very easy to join leagues and then share as well and get social with their friends. Well, exactly. And I mean, that's that's what we've been doing. I mean, we, we talk about it on the show each week. And uh, then I create a, a new league each week, usually focusing on the Premier League fixtures, you know, and then I, I whack it out on Twitter and Facebook and so on and so forth. But people actually do have to go in and register an account and uh, course, put, yeah. put some money in before they can actually join the league. But it's it's fairly easy to find. And I, I mean, and I know lo- loads of us have been going in there. So it's a uh, it's clearly something that appeals. Um, I know you've got some you've got some big plans, haven't you, for the app going forward? Yeah. So again, this will all be kind of based upon like the users that we have and, and where you guys have helped, just to, to get feedback on, on what kind of features that you would look for in, in the future of Who Knows Wins. 
we always aim to have as many sports on there as possible and as many markets, which will help. Um, but ultimately, our, our, our big vision is to have an app that people can select and create their, their own bets. So if you're playing golf on a Saturday morning with, with a group of three friends or anything like that, it gives you the, the right to create that bet that you want with your friends and then we just facilitate it. So like an administrator, so you all put your money into the app. So you, you lock it in and then you have people validate the score because obviously we wouldn't be at every round of golf four ball in the country at that time. But you would have the option of validating it between yourselves. And once that's done, the money is then distributed to the, to the correct winners. So it's, it's a big vision. Um, but we feel that once we, we get this kind of initial concept and we get the traction and the runway that we're seeing at the moment and we kind of educate our users on the way, I think that that ultimately is something we, we can execute and it will really change the way in which people gamble in the future. It, it continues that consistency of transparency and, and fun and entertainment and just added interest, like we said, the enhancement of any sporting event. So whether it's you as a group of amateurs playing golf or playing football or the Premier League at the highest level. It's, it all equates to the same type of concept of you're just picking winners, keeping it simple, little bits of money are changing hands, and everyone goes in the drink into the bar afterwards and has a drink together and, and celebrates, celebrates sport, ultimately. Well, that's true. And I, again, that's another thing that I like about it. You get the chat room too. So, you know, if you're not at the game... I mean, obviously, most of the time we're we're all at the games, but uh, you know, if it's an away match that I'm not at, I can actually sit there, you know, uh, cursing usually about why I pick, <laughs> picked a loser again. But uh, that's lovely, you know. Everybody get you, you know, it kind of it's the social element of it, you know, and, and of, course, of course, social media has absolutely taken the world by storm. So I can understand how that grabs people's interest and attention. Um, I mean, it's interesting what you were saying there about, in a sense, kind of like warehousing people doing their own kind of social betting, which I kind of like the idea of. I mean, do you think that might extend... I mean, Jonathan, who who I do the show with every week, moans and says, well, why can't they do it on scores? I like... Because he's quite good at that, you see. He's good yeah, at actually yeah, yeah. picking the score. So could you incorporate... You know, if we like wanted to do, for example, in a Chelsea match, the, the, who would be the first score or something like that, you could accommodate that? Yeah, so certainly micro-markets within a game is something mm. we've looked at. We thought initially that it it would be a little bit ambiguous for us because because we like to keep it very simple early on so people can go in there and just, without thinking, like you said, just kind of go through the process of joining and creating yeah. leagues. But I think what, where we found ourselves coming stuck sometimes is if there's one big game on a day, so say Monday night football or, or Champions League final, that we're just all that matches, all that fixture is, is just another fixture which people can kind of put into their leagues, but it has the same relevance as every other fixture. So what we'd probably look to do first before we start to kind of explode markets on the site is is any big game or any standout individual game like Man City-Liverpool last week, we have micro-markets within that. So we can have kind of 10 markets, you know, the correct score, corners, first goal score, all that kind of thing within that. So it gives people a reason to sit sit around one game and enjoy it through who knows wins and have enough markets to make it relevant and at the same time not come away completely from our our initial simple concept which is just basically win-lose draw type of thing yeah I I like that idea because you know I've you know 
quite love, love a bet on the football, put it as simply as that. Um, but one of the things I do like about it is the different markets that you can get. And yeah, of course. Of course. What, I, what I don't like about it is the fact that when you do it through a bookies, it's that you know the odds are always incredibly skinny, and you very yeah. sel- you very seldom do very well out of it. Where of course this is, you know, I and I don't know. I just think this gives everybody a fair chance. You know, if you, if does, you if, yeah. yeah, you make stupid choices, you don't win. It's as simple as that. You make good exactly. cho- you make good choices, and you're going to win some money. It's pretty simple. And, and at the same point, because I've realised how quickly, especially in testing, we can't play it as much now because because of with the internal team. But I've quickly found that my knowledge was exposed. I, I've always played football. I've always watched football. I've been a fan of football. But I've got a family now, so I don't kind of look at everything as much as I used to. And my knowledge quickly becomes exposed to those who know more. So it still separates those people who know a lot and those people who don't know a lot. But I still enjoy it, and I still then have the appetite to learn more so I can compete with these people. And it's the same with the the other markets, I suppose. With those micro-markets, then it it pays to have even more knowledge, especially when it's just peer versus peer. So all you've got to do is beat your friends. You don't have to get everything right. You've just got to be the most consistent and the most successful player within your group to win the money. Excellent. Yeah, well, I, I was going to say, I like to think I know a fair bit about football, but I've still not learned that West Ham let me down nearly every week. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I need to learn that lesson, that's for sure. Um, just to sum it all up, Jamie, I mean, it's 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 a safe and fun way to gamble, isn't it? So what, what are the, the key points out of that, do you think? Well, firstly, it's a difficult thing to say that because gambling has, quite a stigma attached to it mm. but but we stick by it because we feel especially when we, we get feedback from users we and we see how much people kind of spend average on on a week it, it's not huge amounts it's not life-changing amounts it's just it's enough to give them a purpose to, to watch a few more pieces of sport and take more interest in it and, and at the same time they're they're interacting with a group of people and it gives them a, a talking point around around the water cooler on a monday morning and it's a safe one. It's transparent. I think if they, if it became a problem, and gambling always will be a problem for some people, I think at least they're in an environment where it could be shared and then diluted a lot more than traditional. Um, I could sit in a room for, for eight hours just playing a, on a sports book or, or a casino, and you could lose a life-changing amount of money very quickly. We don't feel there's the same, the same kind of. Um, it's not the same kind of volume on who knows wins for people to do that. Um, so we think we've, we've safeguarded it a little bit. And, and at the same time, you still, I think, get enough entertainment from it where it can be a viable alternative to gambling, mm. which, which is great. And, and a shared experience with people. Um, it's interesting, especially with your group of people, because you're all kind of Chelsea fans. You're based on the fan cast. It must be interesting to see what the percentage of, selections go on Chelsea each week yeah well if it, anyone can gain a bit of market share by not going with Chelsea well it's an that's an interesting point I mean this week you know we've got all the internationals so I basically set up a league that you know every, every game that we've got a bet on will be featuring a Chelsea player of course the downside cool. of that is because we're all Chelsea fans everybody's gone for the same results <laughs> so it'll be it'll be interesting you know we've got 30 odd people and they're all we're all going to win about a quid i think but there you go yeah but at least it's status quo so you'll well, get your you'll get your, your stake back or a little bit of profit you can move on to next week we can indeed and i mean the, the, the other nice thing is that uh, you know one week one of the lads i think daryl won a won a lot of money actually he won over 100 quid 
but he uh, he put half of his winnings. Uh, we've just done a, a a big sleep out at Stamford Bridge this okay. weekend yeah. uh, in aid of a couple of homeless charities. So a lot of us uh, in the Chelsea Supporters Trust have got together. A load of fans uh, slept out on Saturday night. Anyway, Daryl uh, donated half of his winnings to me for uh, you know in aid of those two charities. So there we go. There's a nice brilliant. positive side yeah, out as well. So there you go, Jamie. Uh, again, thank you very much for you know getting us to get involved with all this. As I said, it's been great yeah, fun. Thanks. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. No, not at all. It's been lovely to kind of talk to you a little bit more in depth about it, actually, and of course get somebody to explain it far better than I can. So I'm, I, I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. No, you do. You do a good job, David. Very good job. Thank you. So there you go. Um, really interesting stuff, actually. And as I said, I've been I've been having tremendous fun with this uh, for many of the reasons that I said in in that interview. You know, it's it, I, I don't really like I like betting, but I can't stand bookies basically. Uh, because I, I, I the, you know, they they kind of stack the odds in their favour, and I, I can't work out the odds. This is this is this floats my boat far more the way that they do this, and uh, I shall update you on where we are because it was the internationals this weekend. I I thought, wouldn't it be fun to choose matches, uh, only matches where Chelsea players are likely to be involved? So we did. We chose. Uh, Azerbaijan versus Wales, Russia versus Belgium, Croatia, Slovakia, Kosovo, England, Albania, France, Italy, Armenia, Republic of Ireland versus Denmark, Spain v. Romania, Belgium, Cyprus, Wales, Hungary. So it won't finish until next week. Now, after one, two, three, four, five matches, half of them, uh, me, uh, along with about 500 others, is tied first. So I've suddenly become acutely aware of the flaw in my plan because, of course, Everybody, like me, has decided that the team with a Chelsea representative in it is going to win. I think. That's why we're all tied on five points. Because, lo and behold, Wales beat Azerbaijan, Belgium beat Russia, Croatia beat Slovakia, England beat Kosovo, and France beat Albania. So I think that's what everybody's done. So, I mean, there are 33 of us in there this week. There's a pot of 165 quid. So... uh, at the moment, the winners stand to make £5.40, which is not a lot. So I've been a bit of a dick. Next week, uh, it will resume. I mean, obviously, Italy are playing Armenia. I hope they will win. Uh, I think Denmark will beat Republic of Ireland. But if they don't, then I'm screwed. Uh, and I've got Spain to beat Romania, Belgium to beat Cyprus, Wales to beat Hungary. So there's still quite a long way to go. Next week, uh, it, it will be... We're going to... Slight uh, change. We're going to pick out... Uh, the, uh, just a select few of the Premier League games, and I'm going to throw in a couple of random games that take my fancy from other leagues. All right, so watch out for that, just to make it a little bit different. But if you are interested, it's, it's really easy. As, as Jamie was saying, you just basically go to uh, go and find their app uh, in the usual places like you know Apple, Apple apps, and all that kind of thing, Android apps, wherever you get your apps from, it'll be on there. Uh, and then you download that, and then you have to register up, deposit some money. Otherwise, you can't play unless you deposit some money. And then when you've done that, then uh, the the leagues that we do are always got Chelsea fancast in them, and they're usually public, so you can find them quite easily. Or I share a link on Twitter and Facebook, and you join up the league. You select, you know, I choose the matches. You select what you think is going to happen, whether it's a home win, a away win, or a draw. And then we, the, we off we jolly well go at the weekend. But the other thing is it's got a chat room in there, very much like Mixler. So we can all have a bit of chat and a bit of banter. Uh, and it's good fun. It's good. And, I mean, you know, some people, Daryl, won over 100 quid the other week. So, you know, if you know what you're talking about, if you know your football, you can win some decent money. Clearly, the more people that are in there, uh, because it works like pool betting, the more people that are in there, the more money you can win. So there you go. I commend it to you. There you go. I will not bore uh, the non-gamblers among you uh, any more at all from right now because now it's time to talk about Man City next week uh, which I think is arguably 
uh, our biggest test this season, Clayton? I don't think there's any doubt about that. But but I, I've got a sort of quite an interesting take on this. Well, I think it's interesting. So, so far this season, it's all been unbelievably positive and it's all been great. And long may it continue. And at the beginning of the season, my only hope was the fact that we had a, a relatively decent season. But I wanted to see four, maybe five youth players as first team regulars by the end of the season because I thought that's that would that should be the aim of this season with our transfer ban and and this wonderful production line of youth that we've got coming through. So all all good so far. So then I just thought to myself about this weekend, I thought, oh my God, what happens if we get a result at Man City? Does the whole dynamic of the season change does this all go oh we've got a chance of doing something obviously Liverpool are almost away over the the hill but you know whereas before it's always been it would be nice to be in the top four we have established ourselves in the top four and if we get a result on Saturday are we then are we changing the whole dynamic of the season? Whoa. I mean, I, it's a really good question, that, because I, I think expectations of, of uh, you know, quite naturally far higher than they were when we started the season. And, I mean, I think we all generally said, well, I, I suspect Jonathan didn't, although I might be doing him a disservice, but I was generally, as long as we didn't get relegated, I was going to be, okay, we'll wear it. It's a free hit this season. But the better we've got, the more impressive we've become, the fact is that we're, we're effectively tied for second place at the moment. You know, uh, it's like astonishing. I never expected us to be that good. So, and I mean, actually, it's stupid of us. Well, I don't know. It's not stupid of us, really, because I don't think any of us really expected no. the youngsters to be quite as good as they've been. But remember, I keep saying this, the team is not full of youngsters. It's a balance between talented youngsters and some experienced heads, most of whom have won the league with us and other trophies besides. So maybe we should not be as surprised as but we all, have been. Well, also, Chidge, sorry, just to, to butt in a second. That's right. Also, um, it never occurred to us that Arsenal and Spurs would play and United would yeah. play as badly as they did at the end of last yeah. season, did it? We That's thought the that they would come back refreshed. And no, they have been as inept as they were in the run-in to when we finished third above them. And so really, with those top three teams out and we're playing above ourselves, there's no reason why we shouldn't be in this position. And I think Leicester have benefited from that as well. Um, uh, but, but And City aren't the team they were last year. So, yeah, I think Clayton's got a very good point, in fact, that it, it is, a, it is a, it, well, it's, it's a turning point in the sense that if we beat them, um, we are possibly, as with Leicester as well, um, likely to be the, you know, we, we could win it if Liverpool fall apart, which, is, which does make the season absolutely beyond what we ever, ever considered in the first place. But having said that, though, we've, meanwhile, we've got to get, win, get into, out of the group in the Champions League. So uh, it would be useless, wouldn't it, being in the Europa League and then uh, and, and challenging for the title? That wouldn't make great sense to me. But uh, no, but I, I think I, I, I mean my point is that I think at the moment and part of the reason, perhaps, why we're doing so well is because there was no pressure on us coming into this season. 
Now, when you've got a team of, of, and I know it's not a team full of youngsters, but half the team is youngsters. They are basically playing and they're not under the pressure. So, you know, if you're in a championship or deciding run or you're, you, you're basically in a relegation battle, that, that is pressure. And I don't think anybody thought we were going to be, we were going to struggle that badly. But I think, you know, that there is a point where we've been playing and, and, and I don't think there's any doubt about it that the club have said to Frank, do your best this year. You know, do what you can. We know you haven't been able to buy anybody. There's no immediate pressure on him to do anything. But all of a sudden, we've had a fantastic start to the season. People are playing well. We've been really unlucky with injuries. We haven't had a full squad at any stage this season. We've been missing key players. We're still missing a couple of key players. So it's been extraordinary. Now, I don't know whether we're going to win on Saturday. I I suspect I'd be absolutely dancing around the living room with a point to be honest. Um, but Man City have not played brilliantly, uh, but they are a really, really good side. And we haven't had particularly good results against good sides this season. So it's going to be a huge ask. But I just put it out there. You know, if if, well, if we win, then the whole thing... Where does that leave us? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I well, it does too, because of course we'd be four points above City as yeah. well and then that that's a bit of a gap i mean i would say just to put some reality into this um city have lost <laughs> well not necessarily but i mean you know city have lost once at home this season already to wolves uh, in october they lost 2-0 obviously you would have expected them to win all their other home matches which they have they've, they've lost obviously away to liverpool last time out 3-1 uh which yeah i was kind of surprised actually that they got done they they surprisingly lost to norwich <laughs> 3-2, uh, where I think they were basically very unlucky. Uh, there's no way they should have lost that. So, you know, they're, they're uh, yes, possibly less good than we would expect them to be, but, you know, they're not, they're still a very good side. I would also point to our recent record against them, actually, up up at City. Uh, so the, the last 10 matches, uh, we've uh, won two of them and drawn one of them and the rest that we've, we've lost. We, of course, famously beat them uh, under Conte, didn't we? 3-1. Yep. When uh, back in 2016 with Costa, Willian, and Hazard scoring, I think my favourite one though was uh, in 2014 uh, when we beat them one nil uh, with Branagh. Yeah, Branagh. Sorry, it wasn't 2000. Yeah, it was 2014. Branagh scored. Um, yeah, it was. It was 2014. Yeah, Branagh scored when we, when we won the league under Mourinho. Well, it was not only that, but of course that was when we were still doing the uh, Sports Tonight live show, and we actually. Uh, we we kind of watched it, stroke did a show, stroke commentated on it, but of course we're unable to because we were too busy watching the match and it was awful two hours TV. Apart from when we scored, when we all went absolutely mental. Do you remember that, JK? You were well, on that one, don't you? I'll never forget the going mental when we scored. Thought it was wonderful. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? And uh, I have a picture of us going mental, which occasionally turns up on Chelsea fancast related stuff so there you go our record up there recently is not really very impressive of course we got absolutely dry humped 6-0 last year didn't we in that awful one of perhaps perhaps the lowest point of last season I would argue Clayton no I think 4-0 against Bournemouth was lower uh, good point Jonathan was that was that I mean I I for me it was I I I I was absolutely distraught after losing 6-0 to City I've got to be honest because I thought the players just gave up 
Yes, it was, and there were some terrible errors, wasn't there, with Barkley's terrible back pass, and uh, you could see the players didn't know what they were doing, and yet still, still attempted to somehow attack rather feebly. When we four nil down after nineteen minutes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just, just got worse and worse and worse. It was and, the uh, biggest capitulation since Britain surrendered in Singapore, mate. It was awful. It, it was also lots of people then vowed never to watch the team again that, that season. I don't think they did. Or yeah, did they sneak in to watch the Europa League final? Yeah, more? who knows? Who knows? But it was pretty horrible. So, yeah, I mean, we've got a pretty pretty poor run recently against them. Um, I've got a... Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save the other stats that I dug out for later. I mean, bottom line is, is that, uh, from what I understand, City will be without Bernardo or Bernando, as I've spelt it on my script. Bernando. Don't know what I was thinking of there. Uh, Bernardo Silva is suspended. Sane, Laporte and uh, Zinchenko are still out. Edison might still be a doubt, which is good because Bravo is a pile of shit compared to Edison. Uh, as for us, Jorginho is available after getting his <coughs> deliberate yellow card uh, and therefore a suspension. He's back and Pulisic is expected to be fit. Obviously, Rudiger and Loftus-Cheek are still out. I think Barkley's expected to be fit, but I don't, can't see him getting a game. I mean, I think the real question for me, Jonathan, is should we go for it or be more pragmatic? And what I mean by that is that I, I get this feeling that if we if we unleash the talents that we've got up front, you know, and we absolutely charge and press about and go for it, I think we can beat anybody. But it does worry me that a team like City, who can keep the ball and, and open you up with a really good pass, could threaten us. So, you know... It, it could be a really weird game. It could be like a 5-4, you know. Do, do we know I don't how know. to play any other way, Chidge? I don't well, that's know. a good I'm question. I, I can't... I, we seem to play so marvellously going forwards that, yeah, indeed, it could indeed be 5-4. But um, we did it against Ajax in the, in, the, in the away leg there, you see. I thought that was a brilliant defensive, proper Champions League smash-and-grab performance. So I think we've proved that we yeah, can play possible. like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, it's a very similar style, isn't it, really? So perhaps Frank's, Frank will have got something worked out, won't he? You know, I mean, he, he's, he's not a mug. They'll have, they'll have, they'll have looked at City and, and tried to work out a way of dealing with it, dealing with their attacks. But at the same way, in the same way, how will, how will um, City deal with Chelsea's attacks? Which, you know, I keep going on about how inexorable they are. I'm just so impressed by the forward press and the, uh, the speed the ball is passed. Uh, you know, as you say, it could be anything. Yeah. It's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, the thing, the thing is, I mean, do, do you worry about what City could do to us, Clayton? Um, sort of, but I mean, I think their defence is, is no better than ours, to be perfectly honest. Um, I mean, if they've still got Fernandinho playing at centre-half, you know, I, we can get at them. But yes, I mean, of course. I mean, our defence has been our weakness this year more than anything else, but... Um, I, I was interested to note that Mourinho got absolutely pelters, didn't he, after the, the Liverpool Man City game where he said, oh, I worry about Chelsea and the big games and they need to be more pragmatic. And, I, you know, I don't disagree. Um, I think that Saturday will be one of those games. I would imagine that he will play um, three sort of defence... I, I think he'll play... All of all of the um, Kovacic, um, Jorginho, and um, Kante. Kante. I think he will play those three because I. But think, I, I think he would anyway. Actually, well, possibly, possibly not. I don't know because 
I think you know that then it, it is interesting. Will he? He'll because defensively, I think if I have one criticism of Captain America, I think it's he's not covering our our fullbacks as much. He may change defence. He might go five at the back, you know, with the wing backs. I don't know. I I, I have been impressed insofar as Frank has been very flexible. I think Frank I think the whole sort of setup at the club is going to look at this and think, well, this this could be quite a pivotal game. Or they may just say, well, you know, we we're not expecting much this season. We'll just play our natural game. Well, that that's a good point. I mean, you know, I I wonder if, I mean, this is this is the kind of we're in this weird position, aren't we now, JK? I mean, on the one hand, uh you know, earlier on in the season, I said, well, this is a free hit. So go for it. Just see what you can do. But now we're de facto second in the league. We're above them. Maybe the expectations have changed a bit. So maybe it's not a free hit. Maybe we should go expecting to get some sort of a result. I'd have thought that would be the case, wouldn't you, Chid, with the way we've been Well, pl- why not? I, I, I think they should go for it. I really do. Yeah. But, you I know... The I, thing is that, well, I, I didn't even think the Ajax game was a case of them being pragmatic. I think that that was... What was Is that the away leg was? Yeah, no, been forced upon both. No, the away leg. No, I felt that was what was being forced upon both sides. You seem to kind of ne- negate each other's tactics because they were both playing in a very similar way. Um, uh, I, I just thought we 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 pressed most of the time. We were unlucky not to score, as were they yeah. to an extent. Yeah, and then we and very then good we, teams. we scored with the excellent Batshuayi at the end. So, um, I, I, but we kept them out. We kept we did, them out. We did. We did. And they're, a, I mean, you know, Ajax, I think, are a phenomenally good side. I think that I think Ajax and Chelsea are very, very similar. Actually, I think, I think that you know, I, I do wonder if over the next few years, you know, okay, we have to meet them in the Champions League and things, uh, but I wonder if a little bit of a rivalry can be established with those guys because they're very similar in attitude. I think, but we did keep them out, J.K., and that's the reality. What worries me about this game? I'll tell this is this. I, I, you'll love this. I don't know how I found this, but I did. Uh, in fact, I'll tell you where I found it. It's Transfer Merked, which is a brilliant website. Uh, but I had a hunch that Sir Sergio Aguero has done rather well against Chelsea. And boy, oh boy, I was not to be disappointed. Um, he's played 13 Premier League matches against Chelsea. Won six, drawn three, lost four, interestingly enough. He scored 10 goals. 10 goals in 13 matches with two assists. That's pretty good by anybody's standards. He's also scored against us in the Community Shield twice and the FA Cup once. So 15 goals in 19 matches, Clayton. It's pretty good. Yeah, he's he's a fantastic player. It's quite interesting. Um, I know that it's a subscription, but um, there is a really good article on The Athletic about how close we came to buying him. Yeah. And um, it's, it's a great read. I always knew that we were very close to buying him because... And I, I knew that the, one of the things that put us off was his wages. And I think he, what he was demanding was going to make him the, the, the highest paid player at the club. And I think, I know for certain that, that John Terry had the clause in his contract that he, his wages would go up commensurate with anybody that, that got paid more than him. I'm not sure if anybody else did. But the article alleges, and obviously it is just an allegation, um, <laughs> Who John- wrote it? I I think it was Leah. Uh, no, it was Simon. It yeah. was Simon Johnson, not Leon Toomey. Um, the allegation is that John Terry was the one that basically said, "No, he's not good enough," and <laughs> which um, has proven to be 
wrong. But don't um, yeah. remember, Clayton, we played uh, Atletico at the time. Yeah. And JT was uh, absolutely all over him, like a rash, and he didn't play well at all. No, but in the, in the away the game, he yeah. scored two goals. He came on in the second half and he scored two goals, one of which was the most fantastic volley. Yeah. Absolutely. And the, and the second one was a free kick. Right. But, you know, you're, you're quite right. JT played against him and, and he's going to have first-hand knowledge. However, I think you'd have to say <laughs> that... I don't think he's got an eye for a player, Clayton. <laughs> well, I'm sure he has, <laughs> but I don't think that was his greatest... Um, that was his greatest moment. But look, of course, the irony is we bought Fernando Torres instead, didn't we? Yeah, uh, well, you know, bottom line is, and I always say this about, we should have signed him and we should have signed that. You know, the last 15 years have just been fantastic. So could we have won any more with different players? Possibly. Who knows? Yeah, um, no. I, I think he's a brilliant striker, mate, and I'd have cut my right arm off to have him in the side. Yeah. He is a Great, great goal scorer. Yeah, Probably absolutely. one of the best we've seen in the Premier League, to oh, be without honest. without a shadow of a doubt. Absolutely yeah. superb. So there you go. So he he is going to be a problem. And I think what he might do to Kurt Zuma scares the living shit out of me, frankly. So, uh, you know, I mean, a bit like it's a bit like a speedboat playing against you know a, what, an oil Chidge? tanker. Do you know what? what? For all our problems this season, um, it hasn't been the, those sort of players. It's been set pieces. We, we've been yeah, true enough by bog standard set pieces and a lack of organisation at the back. Yeah, that's very true. All right, let's have a think about who might start because there's loads of chatter on Mixler about it, of course, as you can expect. I mean, I think the first one is um, Aspie or James, or is it Aspie and James? Because you could play Aspie on the left instead of Emerson or Alonso, couldn't you, JK? Um, I think he'll play Emerson. Uh, because, uh, as Ron says, he doesn't rate Alonso. And Alonso, I think, um, revealed his true worth by playing so dreadfully against Ajax. Um, so I think it'll be Emerson. And I think he'll play uh, Aspie and not James, and have James yeah. on the bench. Um, I, I hope I'm wrong. I'd like him to play James. But I think for this game, he'll play, he'll play Dave. Um, I think I, it would be you could it could be very bold and play Aspie on the left and James on the right. Well, as, as he said. did before, yeah, in the second half yeah. of the Ajax game, yeah, he could do that. But I, I'm I don't know. Emerson's got some good stats at the moment. It's depending on what his relationship is with him. Yeah, you know, it, 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 um, both. It seems to me that those the, the fullback position is up for grabs, left back. So, um, but let's see. Uh, um, and and the question of whether he. What what system does he use if he plays Jorginho, Kovacic, and Kante together? Well, I think he'll still stay stay four three three. I mean, you can't you've got to play Jorginho and Kovacic together because I think they're undroppable at yeah, the moment. Of course, of and course. you've got to play Kante because Kante's Kante. Yeah, you know, arguably our best player. So that I, I think, of course, that that for me leaves the issue of who plays. You know, you've got to play William because again, at the moment, he's undroppable, and you've got to play Abraham because yeah. he's undroppable. So really. It's for me. It's it's you know Mount also. You've got a case of saying he's undroppable. So you know Mount or Pulisic is what I reckon is the issue because he has played Mount. Remember when Kante played earlier on the season? He was pushing Mount up, you know, in a in a wider position, in, effectively in the front three. Where he so. plays well. He plays very well there. Yeah. So my suspicions are it'll be um, obviously Kepper, uh, Emerson. Rude, uh, Emerson, Tamori, um, Zuma, uh, Aspie, Jorginho, Kovacic, Kante, Mount, T- Abraham and William. That's what I reckon, Clayton. 
it's <laughs> what's wrong with it's that? Re- no, it's it's just so it's really funny actually because when you when you were basically mentioning the three in midfield and then you were going William and Abrahams and I'm thinking yeah Pulisic I'm thinking yeah I've forgotten all about Mel and 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 to me he's he's sort of he's becoming the heartbeat of the team. So it's it's a re- it's a really really tough one. I I think Pulisic might might um might miss out to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. And I th- I think that um that we may just sort of see how it goes and then we've got Callum and Pulisic to come to come on. Because yeah. as I yeah. say I I think if you run at these guys I just don't think they've got the defense. But obviously it's it's uh it's when you bring them on and where we are when you bring them on it's uh it's a it's a real dilemma and that's why frank gets paid a lot of money and um and we don't i'm, I'm, I'm having a packet of crisps <laughs> are you what flavor well actually i've nicked them they're my sons they are pom bear which he had when he was a, a young lad he saw them in the shop recently very nice they are how about that all right okay time to nail our, our time to nail our crisps to the mast uh, or colours to the mask, if you prefer. Um, so, Jonathan, how do you think it's going to go? Uh, I think we're going to lose two-one. Why? I don't. Know, I'm feeling pessimistic. I uh, know we'll okay. um, we'll win four-two. You can say no, no. You could. I mean, I'm, don't be bullied into into saying something else because I just said I'm just curious as to why you thought we might lose two-one. All right, three-two. <laughs> what to us? Yeah. <laughs> You should play who knows wins, mate, with with uh, changing oh, your mind like that. I always think we'll score. I think we'll score three. Um, it's a question of how many they score if we're we're porous in defence. But we'll score because I think we're really excellent going forward. So I think we'll score. Yeah. I think we'll. Um, I think it'll be a three-three draw. How's that? Yeah. Do you know what? I'm I'm tempted. I'm tempted by that. I, I'm tempted by a three-three draw. Clayton, what do you reckon? Um, I've been quite negative tonight, so I think it's going to be a draw. I think it'll be a score draw. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two all, three all, one all, four mm. all. I think it could be anything. To be perfectly honest, because it I could, think couldn't it? They're two great attacking sides and two dodgy defences. Well, there you go. Well, I, I will laugh my cock off if it's a nil-nil draw, but uh, somehow I do not see it. I, I, I'm I'm going to go with JK, actually. Three all. I, I think there'll be goals in this because I don't think City can defend. Uh, I, I think we defend better than they do, but I think that, you know, if if Silva's playing and Aguero's on fire, I do worry about what they what they can do. Um, but uh, there you go. Yeah, why not? Three or draw. I'm with Jonathan on and this. Sterling, of well, Sterling's a great player. Oh, so. Sterling, of course. And De Bruyne yeah, has his moments, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah. And De Bruyne, yeah, yeah. Anybody else? No, that's it. No? Okay, good. All right. Well, I tell you what, I'm really looking forward to it, actually. And, you know, uh, after last year's horror show, the last thing I thought I would be looking forward to would be, um, you know, going up to the Etihad uh, again. But uh, hey, you know, I'm looking forward to it. But so I, I, I think, I think that's that's the difference, isn't it? We've got no fear. Mm. I don't, I don't mm. think we've got any fear at all. I think if we if we go up there and we lose, it's just well, you know, so be it. But three points. I don't, I don't think that you know, it goes back to this pressure point. I don't think we're the team under pressure. They're under huge pressure because they're like nine points behind Liverpool. They're a point behind us for a start. Uh, they've got to win. Yeah, and that kind of worries me as well. The fact that they have to win. Yeah, but I mean, I I think that puts more pressure on them. 
if they don't win, right? How many? I haven't got the league table up, up in front of me, but how many points behind Liverpool will they be if they don't win? Let's assume if, that if Liverpool, Liverpool win. Well, then they'll be twelve, and that'll be, uh, Jesus. be uh, game over. Game isn't over, it? absolutely. Yeah, Shit! Do you realise? Do you realise if there. we if we win if we win, we could have given the title to Liverpool. I, d- I don't think there's any doubt at all they're going to win it. I don't want to take the rap for that. No, but I don't, I, listen. I mean, I, d- I don't think there's any doubt, and I think the only the only consolation is the fact that it's it's such a done deal so early on that when it actually eventually happens, it will be less painful. Indeed. Right, that is it, chaps. Uh, let's hope we get a result one way or another. I, as I said, I'm really, I'm actually really looking forward to it on Saturday. So there you go. Uh, right, that's, as I said, it's all we've got time for this week. Uh, we will be back next Monday, of course, at the usual time when I will be joined by Jonathan Kidd Ooh. and hopefully Jonathan Dean Mears. That would be nice if Dean was on because yes. Dean has been promising to come on, and then things, I know. things have brought him back from the brink every time. So it was. Talking of which, well, I'll, I'll mention this in a minute. But uh, anyway, when we're on, we will uh, we won't be bemoaning the international break and looking forward to Chelsea's next match against Man City because that's what I had in last week's script. We will be talking <laughs> about we will be talking about a victory against Man City, hopefully, and all sorts of other stuff besides. Uh, in the meantime, don't forget you can tune into the Chelsea Fancast on Love Sport Radio between 7 o'clock and 8 o'clock on this Friday. And, of course, the great news... Well, I say the great news. I'm back! I will be back on Love Sport on Friday because I've been off for a lot the last couple of weeks for various reasons. Uh, obviously, Jonathan will be on there as well. And I do believe that the young man, Mr Mark Worrell, be, will be joining us, no, uh, I, Jonathan. I, no, I think you've got that from last week's script as well. I think it's me. Uh, no, no, seriously. Really? I'm pretty sure... Yeah, yeah, that's the only thing I didn't edit. Or did edit. Okay. No, no, I've definitely got Marco on the show. Okay. I thought it was I'm Clayton. Sh- oh, for God's sake, you do this to me all the time. And then I, and you know, immediately I doubt myself. Have, have, immediately. A, have a look at your No, your I'm going thingy. to. Imme- immediately. Well, I, I mean, know. The, the point is that I am available if necessary. Well, you, you, you do really, I mean, apart from the obvious, which is, oh my God, have I fucked up again? Which is very common, as we all know. Uh, I blame the fact that I'm a very busy no, man. No, I'm I'm completely and a hundred percent wrong. Oh, are you? Yeah, November the twenty second, DC, DC you, JK, you found Marco. It. You found November yeah, you the twenty ninth, JK, Dan, and Clayton. But do you want to come on Friday it. as well, then, Clayton, just for the hell of it? <laughs> well, I'll tell I'll tell you what. Sit I'll, on your I'll, lap. Well, I'll tell you what, yeah. you, you, you may laugh, you may laugh, but apart from the fact that, okay, to confirm that I was right, uh, it is me, JK and Marco, um, not only that, uh, beforehand I'll, I will be interviewing Danny Harkins with, Mar- with Martin King, uh, Martin Knight has threatened to turn up as well, and uh, I'm hoping that Kerry Dixon's going to turn up next Friday to sign these flaming banners and, and Kerry being Kerry says, Judge, Judge, I owe you a show. I'll stay for the show. So that there'll be a minimum. Well, I mean, we could have like eight people. I don't think Lost Sport will have ever seen anything like it. Clearly, it won't happen because we can't fit that many people in the studio. They've only got four mics. So there you go. But it could be a bit mad. So you might as well come along as well, Clayton. Why not? You know, more well, than merry. I think you've just given me seven reasons why not. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Um, okay. And all anyway, right. Well, I'm look. scared of Danny Harkins. Me too. I've got to interview him. I think I'll I'll leave that to Martin. You know, he knows him, uh, and not to mention Martin Knight, who I haven't seen for ages. Who was hilarious. So it'd be, it could be very very mental. I might not even make the show anyway. Whatever. Uh, do tune I in, won't people. See you on Friday. Okay. All right. 
uh, do tune in, people. It'll be a cracker. Uh, we'll be talking, obviously, we'll be previewing the City game again and all sorts of other stuff besides. Uh, do uh, phone us up if you want to. It's uh, 0208 70 uh, So uh, you're most welcome to phone up and ask us any questions, particularly if Kerry does make it and comes on. Uh, and, of course, Love Sports now a national radio station and it's broadcast on DAB uh, digital channels. Uh, and you can also listen to it through Radio Player, TuneIn or lovesportradio.com. Uh, and of course, we put it up as a podcast shortly afterwards on all the usual platforms ChelseaFanCast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud, and Spotify. And other, I mean, Podbean have it as well, even though I didn't realise I'd put it on Podbean, but there you go. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at ChelseaFanCast, me at Stanford Chiz, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Clayton at Goalie59. And of course, do check out uh, our bloggers on ChelseaFanCast.com, and they are. Nick Stroudley at Nick Stroudley at Clitheroe Blue at Dean Mears at CFCGWLB and of course our other Chelsea fancast regulars who of course are usually available on London is Blue every other week no I'm joking uh, at Joe Tweedy at Grosser Jack UK at DanSilf73 at Gate17 Marco at Liam underscore Toomey at CFCGWLB at Dean Mears and OJ Harbord well, we must get Ollie back on we haven't had him on for ages must get him back on um, very quickly, Jonathan, how was Alex last week and how was the show last week? I haven't actually had a chance to listen to it yet. Actually, it was great. It was um, it was excellent. Yeah, it it, uh, it flashed by. And um, good. she was her usual uh, informative, and amusing self. No, it was fantastic. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, give, it, I'll Mac, give it a listen. Matt was, uh, was terrific as well. No, it worked really well. Yeah. Good. Excellent. Well, I shall look forward to this Friday and I shall give that a listen. Uh, last, but by no means least, a very big thank you to the lovely Dane Whittle, who's taken over the job of managing our Instagram account, which is at Chelsea Fancast on Instagram. He's doing a cracking job, putting some really lovely stuff up there, which has always proved beyond my capabilities. So I'm very grateful to him for that. OK, time to go home. Uh, Jonathan, you've been brilliant as ever. Oh, my dear boy. Thank you so much. What? Lovely. I look forward to seeing you on Friday. Clayton, uh, I look forward to seeing you uh, next... Uh, probably West Ham, I would have thought. Stam. Stam, yeah. Look forward to that, mate. be yeah. nice to see you. I haven't Thank had you, a beer mate. with you for a while, Take actually. Care. It's about time we did. Yeah, you too. Lovely to speak to you as ever. You've been on fine fettle tonight, as always. Enjoyed Great stuff. It. Really good stuff. Yeah. Great, great to be fun. On with the great legend that is Jonathan Kidd. Oh, as always, I, 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 I keep asking for his autograph, but he keeps giving me something. Like he keeps bearing his chest for and, and saying, "I'll sign that for you" or something like that. Anyway, uh, brilliant stuff. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you Friday. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chelsea up the Chelsea. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan 
turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.